It's time for Trackside Tonight with Randy Dye, Joe Linebarrier, and Billy Osberg. Trackside Tonight is brought to you by Daytona Dodge and Chrysler, DeLand Motorsports, Mopar Speed Shop, Volusia Speedway Park, and by Valvoline. Now here's Randy, Joe, and Billy. Well, good evening, everybody. I'm Randy Dye, and it's just me and Mark in here tonight, our producer, and uh, so... There's one, though, that I want to talk about that's got me just completely fired up, off the chart. I cannot believe we're doing this. Um, I, I, I have no, oh. no uh, ability to comprehend why, uh, why NASCAR, and I don't, first off, that's probably inappropriate. Why uh, Bruton Smith is, in my opinion, digressing so badly. Um, you know, Bruton Smith and Humpy Wheeler were a great team. They they were the Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis of of racing, as far as I, I was concerned. And ultimately, they've even had a Dean Martin Jerry Lewis type falling out. Right. But but you go to the, now. Here we go to the All Star race, the end of May. And the uh, honorary race director for that race has been named, and it's Ric Flair, the nature boy, Ric Flair. Now, uh, I happened to have met Ric Flair one time by accident at a hotel in Atlanta several years ago. I don't have anything against Ric Flair. I... Um, I have nothing against the guys that participate in that arena. Uh, those guys are athletes. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt about it. They're athletes. They also are actors. Right. And they're great entertainers. Um, but to me, uh, connecting the two in any way, shape, or form is totally unacceptable. I mean that is a throwback. I don't I don't see at all what NASCAR, what this uh, Lowe's Motor Speedway, what that event, what what there can be gained by sharing uh, a NASCAR venue, a platform with uh, this individual. And again, this is not personal. This is about what Ric Flair did for a living, what he participated in. I'm not, I have no axe to grind with Ric Flair or, or Hulk Hogan. or I had one of my heroes when I was growing up was Bruno San Martino. I'm sure most people out there listening won't even know who the heck Bruno San Martino is. But, but I, I watched it all. It was fun. I enjoyed it. I went, to the, I went and saw him. But my goodness, this is... This is NASCAR racing. And any connection, any, yeah, it just, it just really blows my mind that when we've got a sport that has, uh, you know, 
the outside world still views it sometimes, a, a lot of them, with uh, a, a, a wry eye. They're not real, uh, it's not accepted right. by a lot of the uh, regular uh, sports world. It's just hard for me to comprehend that this would happen. I mean, uh, I, I, I think it's worse than if they had asked Jose Canseco. You know, or, you know, Jose Canseco, who's did all the steroids and drugs as he was playing, and or Barry Bonds, or, you know, I mean, I, I just I just think it really blows the image of uh, of the guys in the sport. It, it, it lends itself to me that this is, that NASCAR, the racing, is a lot of hype and potentially a lot of baloney. And there are people out there who believe that anyway. And all they've done by, by having Ric Flair in this position, and, and it's a baloney position. You have no authority. Uh, but it, it almost says, yay, folks, you're right. This is a bunch of garbage. And I, I have a hard time with it. I have a real hard time with it. Yeah, I can understand that. I, I'll tell you what, I wouldn't have a hard time with if you wanted to put up a ring in the middle of the racetrack during pre-race festivities, and you wanted to have the Maybe do the, the world championship, you know, have at it. I mean, Maybe that's entertainment. That's something that that Humpy Will and Bruton Smith, you know, it, that wouldn't surprise me a bit. But to actually give, you know, some recognition, I I, I think it's distasteful, and I think it's wrong. I don't know what, you know, if there's anybody out there that's listening and has an opinion on that matter. Call me and uh, let's talk about it. But I, I just I'm really disappointed in the choice. I just I don't I don't get it. I don't I don't see any added value to the event, to the participants, to the sponsors. I I don't I don't see any value there at all. Maybe they'll set up a ring during the All Star. No, I mean I don't <laughs> believe that's going to happen. I, you know I don't I don't think. And if it would, it'd, it'd be contrived and a bunch of baloney too. So. Uh, I guess that's my soapbox for the weekend. You know, that's, that's, this is my soapbox for, for Monday night. Uh, but I, uh, I just, uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm trying, I'm trying to comprehend it. Maybe, uh, well, maybe whoever's calling in will tell me why it's a good idea. I, want to, I, I want to hear. I just, I haven't read any, anything from anybody anywhere that says that this is a good idea. And I haven't heard anybody within the sport who has any degree of uh, uh, knowledge that said anything positive about it. Uh, it's just one of those things I think most people are in a state of shock. So, uh, you know, we'll see.
Welcome to the Real Racing USA, live from the Hall of Fame Cafe at East Bay Raceway Park. We are live with you uh, online and around the country and around the world. We enjoy coming to you each and every chance we get back to another Thursday night with Rick, Jack, and Bill. How are you doing, guys? Did you forget where we were there for a second, Bill? Yeah, actually, I was almost going to say, welcome to the Karnak Radio Network. And I figured that wouldn't go over well because no, Jack hates be. that word, so. So uh, it's not your Armed Forces Radio Network either. <laughs> AFKN. AFKN. Yeah. So anyway, well, we started the show off with a little uh, Randy Dye talking about Rick his opinion of the Rick Nature Blair, Boy. The Nature Boy being the honorary race director at Lowe's Motor Speedway for the 25th running of the Sprint All-Star Cup race. And... Uh, I guess he would have had a problem. He's not with, happy about it. Huh? I guess, Yeah, I guess he would have had a problem if he'd known that, you know... Janet Guthrie was, you know, honorary flagman here one time. I don't understand. Well, Rick Flair's got an awful deep-seated uh, fan base in that area, and I can see why the track chose him to do it. You get some, uh, you know, more folks locally uh, interested in what's going on on those build-up days, but uh, I don't see why he's got an issue with it and why. It well, yeah, such I a mean, big Rick deal. Flair's hometown, Charlotte, yeah. Charlotte, North Carolina. Yeah, he rules the roost over in Charlotte, uh, man. The other thing is, uh, I think he made it very clear why he had a problem with it. He made it, he had a problem with it because he sees he sees that it, you're degrading racing by mixing it with wrestling. Oh. <laughs> well, see, oh, what, what he said was, I "Wish my dad was alive; he'd smack him right in the head." Was uh, that the, the wrestling thing is just for entertainment? Well, that, yeah, but we used to go to the, we went to the races at Golden that's Gate, fact. listened to Gordon Soley all night long. Then Tuesday night, went to the Fort Hesterly Armory and watched them smack each other all day. If you went to Golden Gate enough, you saw plenty of wrestlers yeah. there. Plenty what was the deal? The big crossover market. What are you talking about? How many of you in the audience watch wrestling at all? Thank you. About half of them. How hard is that? I never watch. Yeah, well. Yeah. It's only because you don't like seeing guys in tights. Rick yeah. watches wrestling more than he watches racing. Well, yeah, but that's not, we're not talking I, I girls in the book, mud. I have a book that I keep forgetting to return to him. You know what it is? It's The Life Story of Golden, uh, Gordon Soley. That's an awesome and book. And that's a fact. It is an awesome book. It's laying book. on my dining room it table. It is an awesome book. Awesome it book. is. It is. But anyway, I mean, the whole idea of it, you know, is, is basically, um, you've got WrestleMania coming up, okay? WrestleMania is coming in April. Probably the most viewed pay-per-view event. Oh, the original, the original wrestling uh, things that they did uh, about eight or ten years ago, I guess it was, when Hulk Hogan was in his prime and so forth. They did things that you couldn't, you couldn't get into. I mean, it was messing up TV systems because they had too many people. For, they had, last year at, in Orlando, they did WrestleMania at the Citrus Bowl. Wrestling matches, a little ring in the middle of the uh, Citrus yeah, Bowl. 67,000 people, people were for, paid to go. And then on top of that, there was 18 million people paid $59 a piece. For the last 12 years, yes. I have, uh, every year, I do a, a, a thing. There's a website that, that monitors message boards and their traffic. And they have a list of the top 500 message boards and so forth on the Internet. Every single year, the top three out of the top five are wrestling message boards. That's, we talked about this right. 10 years ago. Yeah, there's no doubt that the message board traffic for wrestling is much, much bigger than racing message boards, even though we think that they seem to really get out of hand and stuff. Okay, this is a two-hour show, and we got 27 guests. I know. we got a bunch of guests locked in. 26 now. The first one's sitting here. 
Anyway, I got them hooked up over there. Up first, All right. the man that wouldn't be the man without the plan and really doing what I think is a wonderful job. And hopefully he's still not angry about this angry. other stuff. All right. uh, test, test, <laughs> one, two. two. Bobby you know Beal. what it is? Bobby, it's it's, Bobby it's Beal, not what I, you say, it's how you say it. It's how you okay, say okay. it. Okay, so there welcome to the NFL. You know what that stands for, right, folks? Right. Not for long. Let's put it on the top and let's get it over. Okay. Welcome what to we have company. here is selling newspapers. We're trying to get people involved. We want excitement. We want entertainment. I don't know what this guy does over in Daytona. He's worried about what made NASCAR famous was back when they had a fist fight on turn three. I mean, let's face it, folks. They never had TV until then. So with, with all the things like Gordon Soley and things of, of the local tracks making it happen, and for it to go big time finally because they had a fist fight on turn three, and, and, and you know this guy wants to degrade it because you know now we're a different group of people you know it's all about entertainment let me tell you what the same demographics it slings the guy off the squared corner takes him off turn four too there's no doubt and there's a lot of folks i realize too though that don't know have a clue they've been around racing for eight or ten years don't have a clue who rick flair is probably but well, yeah, but exactly. they need to learn. They need to know who, where that heritage and things come from. How and it he came over. from that area. What, what percentage did you say? I not a clue. Remember. I said not a clue. There's a there's a percentage of people that have no clue. Who Very is. small percentage sitting in the stands at a NASCAR race don't know who Ric Flair is. Well, I can tell you the demographics of NASCAR has changed immensely. You know they've they gone they've them. gone to the hundred and fifty dollar ticket. Uh, the blue yep. collar workers out of you know the guy that out front drives a new Corvette or Porsche. TV, you know, I Bristol's, mean, it's all about. Bristol's got some twenty dollars tickets, though. Yeah, well, that's because they had to backstretch. Uh, you know, welcome to the NFL, which means the economy has taken a hard hit. And if we don't get a grasp on it and make it happen and give quality shows, bang for your buck. You know, if it's not worth twenty dollars, you won't get anybody to come. Yeah, okay, but twenty dollars okay. a seat and eight bucks a hot dog okay. still going to make Flair, money. We're done with Rick Flair. Now. I know. Okay, I'm, Bobby. I'm on the. Why were you pissed at me and Bill Green? I w- that was just a marketing ploy to get on the show. I've been trying to get over here for weeks and weeks and weeks, but you know how that goes. That. All you got to do is show up. You well, know, you've you been know. on it. How many times have you been on our radio show? My problem is I never hear at this late night. Bobby's Star Wars music. Bobby well, thinks big. Me that that was coming Bobby on. thinks big. And Bobby's well, always you, thought big. If you can't think the, no, the motorsports extravaganza. No, no, let's go with rumor things that people say rumors all the time. Um, and uh, what I heard was that you were mad at something we said on the show the night we were doing the best of the best. Well, well I went back and listened. I think he probably got mad because somebody. As a matter did of you fact, listen I have the or did clip. you get it from somebody listen, else? Listen, no, to, no, the clip. listen to the clip. Go ahead and listen to the clip. Yeah, promoter. You ain't doing yeah, the drivers yet? Just, okay. Yeah, okay. Best promoter. Go ahead. Best promoter. Critter was in third with 250 votes from that's, Citrus. That's Don Creedy. Critter. Everybody so everybody, Critter. I know, but there's and people it, from around the world listening. They have no clue who that is. Citrus County Speedway. I don't know who Don Critty is either. Well, buddy. I understand that, but I tell them where they are. Look at Bobby Deal. Mike Peters was in second with 432, and the winner, Bobby Deal. My goodness, up on top. $350,000 Bobby Deal. So there is a lot of... There is a lot of computers in Charlotte County. Well, Bobby wasn't seen for four days in August. I guess he was on the computer. <laughs> That's terrible. Best of the best promoter. Well, you know what? by the fans on com. Yeah, because, see, I told Bobby him, you got to go by the votes, even though Voted somebody... Voted by the fans. Okay. Somebody, somebody I'm going to accept this, okay? On behalf of the people Let me tell you what. I'm 58 years old and only half dead. 
Okay, I'm going to a buck twenty. I watched you die. That's right. right. Ask John. I'm yep. gonna be around a long time. Ask Don Narone. <laughs> I ain't never. What'd going you do away. with that suitcase? You take it to the pawn shop? That's right. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, bottom line is, you know, this is really cool. It's from the fans, and but it's not about me. It never has been. I don't call it the Bobby's World or any of that stuff. Even though some people wanted to make the real deal 100, I wanted to find out who that is. But the bottom line is that you know they didn't spell it right fan. either. It, well. No, no, not on oh, there. The I real deal say, one. <laughs> and we made them. That's good. That's okay. That'll work. But, the, you know, the, the thing came up that uh, it wasn't about whether you win or not and, and all the people that are behind you to make it happen. But I, I got secondhand. I will apologize to you because I got it secondhand. And, you know, I'm only human even though there is ice going through these veins. Is you know I understood that there were comments made about the legitimacy of how somebody could have a oh, magnet we under, under the uh, 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 throttle and, and it could hold back you know for that qualifying and NASCAR could never find there it. Was, there were so two. It, we did. It, it, there it were did two. take away some of the credibility, which you know the gleam. I, I the, well no the, the what is it worth or did you earn it? I'm an Eagle Boy Scout. Okay, and there ain't nothing about cheating. That's not what you do. Mm-hmm. If you cheat to win, you won nothing. Uh-huh. So the bottom line is, I felt very slighted that if if this is what I won and I had to do that to win, that it means nothing. You just yeah. heard you just heard how we gave that to you, right? Okay, well I, I understand, and, and but we had uh, clarified early in the system that there were some people that had like ten thousand votes and second place had five ninety. So there were problems here. And the two people that we <laughs> talked about that had that, we clarified that it was them. Mm-hmm. Okay, perceptions, reality. You know, when it was, I got it secondhand, so I took it secondhand. Now you got it first. And, and, and that's why I apologize, and I'm apologizing now. now and I believe, hey, one I, of, I, I believe one of those was at Charlotte County. Was some uh, the race? Wasn't there a racer or something voted uh, I'm best not sure. I don't rookie remember. or something? And so that's remember. when I said, to me well, that was legitimate. To me that was legitimate you know, because your fans. I, I know. No, I talk no to your fans about, on a weekly you know, basis. And I, it, it was put up to me that you know we were worried about. I mean, we weren't worried about it because I didn't really uh, make a big deal out of it. I did. I, I wish my mom was still alive to see all the effort that she put up with for me, and I was going to dedicate it to her. So I dedicate this now to mom. Well, she's we're glad you away, got it. But I guarantee she's watching today. And, and the bottom line is, Mike Peters. There's nobody deserves it more than Mike Peters. I didn't understand the curriculum of. Well, fan, that was the fan, fan voted one, and then versus probate. Uh, pro, probate. Yeah. Well, it was it was, then, a, it so was, it was all different two different things. Two yeah. different, yeah. Yeah. different and, and completely different issues. That. And I can tell you that you know I went through. Uh, I haven't slept probably since 2006. You know, and, and the last three days were straightforward. And I took a fall on a hole uh, in the concrete on Saturday that. I've been yelling at for six months. Somebody's going to sue us, and I busted my butt. And you I, sue I yourself, was aching real bad, and you know it just wore out. And I ended up uh, on the way home just uh, well. Spinning. One and other then, now, one, the one other thing I want to get to that I want to say is that you heard it secondhand. Yeah. But you heard it about me. Yeah. I so I showed you a picture earlier yeah. tonight of my daughter with you. What was that? The sad team. Yeah, that's Team Sad. Team Sad. I've been involved with you, Bobby, since 2000. Have I ever stepped on your toes or never, done anything? Ever. ever. No, I got, no, I got, I got the phone, Bobby, and called me. And, yeah, uh, you were there a long time. I know, yeah. but I got a phone, too. Call me. Well, but anyway, yeah. that's what I'm trying but, to say, but, Bobby. And, you know, the, the, the rumors in this sport, and you know. I mean, you know. Hey, we thrive off them. They, they thrive off No, them. some we, people thrive off we, them. I'm going to tell you something. I spend, not anymore because well, I quit, yeah. I changed my phone numbers, and I changed the way I do business. That's why I can't These get guys will you. attest. I got to the point three years ago that I was ready to say, the hell with this whole thing, because I spend so much of my time 
defusing bullshit rumors. Well, instead of, and it takes away from my time, which is what I'm trying to do, which is to promote racing. These guys will attest to it. It pisses me off to no end when people that have been in this sport for years and years and years listen to yammer, yammer from newbies just walking in off the street and throws the people like myself or Rick or Bill or other people under the bus and they're accepted as fact. When you got a problem with somebody, one of the things that racers piss me off about is that there's a lack of, of conflict resolution skills here. And wait a minute, I'm not done. When, when somebody, when somebody, if, if like your staff comes to, to you and one of your staff, as an example, okay, and it could be anybody, but a staff or a fan comes and yammers about us, you should know what we do for this sport. You should just tell them, knock it off. Those guys are on our team. That should be the end of it. These guys, They've both told, been told by me before to shut the hell up. I don't want to hear it no more when we're talking about certain, and they'll attest to that. Yeah, I, I think we need to just. It was a Sunday afternoon, you, and he's going, I'm pulling the plug. Wait till they wake up Monday morning, and there ain't nothing there no more. And I went, wait a minute, Jack, let's talk about this. See, so, <laughs> like, you, you have things that you have to deal to with. <laughs> we, we, it, it's irritating to us to have to deal with constant rumor crap. And, and when people such as. As yourself and other owners, trust me, you're not the only owner in this position or promoter. It revolves. Actually, it was shocking to me that that it came from you. Yeah. As long I mean, as you guys me. need to understand. Well, we, just, we we are on your side because it, that's it, what we're here that's to do. That's what I said. I blew a cork. You Excuse me for uh, being human. Yeah. So well, that's okay. That We've done day. it before. Okay, it happens. You know, that's very tough. rare. Now, what I want to ask you is, you've been doing this a long time, and I've seen a lot of people doing it. I mean, you know, trying to be the promoter, trying to be the racetrack owner, trying to run a series, trying to do. Basically, you've done it all. Where do you, where do you get where? How do you approach the the PT Barnum of it? The, the how do you get people's attention like you do? Because you do it. I mean, you do it. We work diligently to take guerrilla advertising. And, and marketing, which I can tell you, advertising and marketing is two different things. You're the best thing since Tom Stymus. Well, I can tell you, Tom Stymus it was a guy that uh, did it right and, and without a doubt. And, and, you know, he had a fantastic car business that got him to have the ability to be able to do it. And, and money promotes money, and we're doing it on dollar ninety-eight, and we're doing a great job for what, what we What made you decide that this was what you were going to do, though? Because you've dedicated at least ten years that I know of that I've known you. Well, I've raced since I was 12 years old, you know, and I've won five championships and used to drive Camel GT cars, and then we went redneck and turned left because we couldn't sell the trucks to the road racers. And, uh, you know, the bottom line is once you got in one of these things, it, 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 and this, remember, was 1995, so right. this was before NASCAR was that cool. And, you know, I used to race with Terry Labonte, and we'd ride to the races and things like that with a guy named Joe Vardy and, and, and do all those things and hang out with you know, uh, Hagen and, and those things and uh, do the Camel GT banquets. And, you know, when we started road racing, I mean, started stock car racing, all of a sudden there's a different entity. Uh, down, we didn't race once a month and drive across the earth. You raced at a, at a local venue. And I ended up uh, starting the fast trucks only because it was an affordable series for the trucks. And I was going to go. You started out road with trucks. Was you, you started racing with American trucks or you were running American trucks? I, I was the second American race truck distributor. Yeah, right. First guy had one truck. Right. And so after we sold the second truck, we doubled the inventory. Right. You know, but uh, we started one truck in 1995, and we were the first classic truck 
distributorship, which was the classic cars gone trucks. It just sounded funny that you're going to sell modern trucks and call them classics. I mean, Jamie Franklin, you know, would you know has the uh, old cars now, but you know, got late models running Franklin rear ends. You know, so having a uh, classic doesn't sound like something that you'd want to sell as a and it was a copy yeah, but, of the Craftsman trucks. But within just a few years, like by 1998 or 99 or so. You probably had 36 to 50. Well, I can tell you that picture that uh, Rick brought out was the night that I made a decision, not because I wanted to, but I hit the wall hard enough to DeSoto that I wasn't right afterwards. I don't know if I've ever been right since, but uh, it took a lot out of me laying there in an MRI wondering, you know. They bay flighted you that night. Well, yeah, they bay flighted. Well, no, they took us. They bay flighted uh, Bill, um, the guy that got killed the same night. At uh, at Sunshine. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, Wild Bill Rivard Rivard was killed almost the same instant. And Leonard McHugh sponsored both things. And Leonard McHugh called my house thinking I died. Yeah, because Leonard and I have been. I used to be marketing director for Leonard for a little while. We started the you know the marketing uh, the Q Motorsports family deal. But anyway, long story short, I, I I dedicated at that point that I wasn't going to go under, and I really saw the big picture about the fast trucks. And when we got up to where we did the deal in uh, 2001 with the GM Performance Parts and with Dale Earnhardt Sr. and all that stuff, then he got uh, into his situation. Uh, We ended up uh, just pressing forward until Mark Martin called one day and said, you got a place for my kid, and we turned out he's 12. You know, and then after that, Mike Skinner got involved, uh, you know, LaJoy, you know, and all the okay, rest of the NASCAR what, what guys. went wrong? Uh, greed from the other track owners. Uh, right. John Sapricone, Don Marone. We had 56 trucks at Lakeland. Biggest uh, amount of cars. These were all pro trucks. We have Mark Martin, uh, Martin getting the uh, award for his son winning the championship and David Poland winning the adult deal at 2004. And this 12-year-old kid's getting the trophies bigger than he is. Mark Martin, obviously a legend in the ASA. And uh, these guys couldn't stand it. So uh, when I took Mike Skinner and we sat down, uh, he's going to give me $200,000 and he's going to own 50% of Fast Truck. And it would have been the Mike's. Skinner fast truck driving experience. If you think back in 2004, there was a little company out of Japan called TRD, Toyota, and Larry McReynolds was the one that set up our rear ends to have the V8 uh, Ford rear end put in the truck. So there was a lot of things happening behind the deal, but Sapricone and Narone decided, just like they did to Rick Day, what's he doing without wings? He doesn't fly anymore because he's nothing because they took the wings off the guy. Okay, the same thing with uh, Bert Eiselman took the series away. So what happened to my series is they decided they're going to take it. And you know what? I'm too stupid to die. You know, I got Lasker sitting back here. I guarantee he's as tough as nails. And he's one of the few guys that will tell me I'm full of crap and get away with it. But, you know, the bottom line is if you have the heart and the will, I love uh, controversy. I love adversity. You know what? The only thing to fear is fear itself. Winston Churchill told the Germans, stick it. You know, let's go for it. And by them doing that, hey, I had uh, Mr. Hart say, man, I, I called Mr. Hart the, the Silver Fox. He calls me a cat because I got nine lives. He says, "What do you do for a living? You got to be a millionaire." We've tried to kill you. We spent seventy thousand dollars, put you out of business, and you still come. You know what? I'm still standing. You got, rid, you got rid of the suitcase, man. And speaking, That's right. Got rid of the suitcase. Call speaking, him up. Hey, boys, I'm in the club. What do you think of me now? Speaking of which, Charlotte County seems to still be 
no matter what anybody calls up and tells me or says to me, Charlotte County Motorsports Park seems to still be thriving quite well. I've seen pictures of grandstands full. I've seen nights when cars were there. Uh, there's probably been a few off nights or stuff along the way. But in the big picture, how are you still making it happen? How's the community still responding and with the economy the way it is? Well, I've had a lot of good advice from a lot of very powerful thinking people. Not saying that they're monumentally money-driven, but, you know, I learned the difference between marketing and advertising, and there is a huge difference, and we've taken the abilities of the people we have within us, and we've become the Minutemen. We are getting ready to, uh, you know, go forth and take on the battle. So we're going to wrap it up. See you in the movies. Bobby, <laughs> you've got, you got three minutes. What's Bobby Deal doing in the next ten years? Well, I think what we need to do is bring the uh, big bang for the buck. I don't think you need to eat at McDonald's. You need to eat at Burns. You either have a $2 show or a $20 show. If you don't bring the $20 show out, you know, you could sell it for 2 bucks. but what do you got? You know, people are going to pay for a value they get. So bring them the greatest show on earth. It's not what you say. It's how you say it. But you got to come through with it. I mean, dirt cars on asphalt, ASA, we have more different types of late models, supers, limiteds, all running together. There's nobody runs as many asphalt or dirt cars on one track as there's we a, do. There's a bunch of folks talking about Charlotte County Motorsports Park just because of Drew Brandon's win just this past weekend. And without a doubt, and 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 we're I'd have to say that, and I got Sean Bass sitting over here that you know he's a, a truck driver too. Out of the 16 cars that were there, I think there were nine of them out of the top eight that were all fast trucks or fast kids. And I wish this guy had a ride. Where's Sean? He's over there eating. Oh, Sean, go ahead. And he's busy. Let's side wait. He's in a pit stop. Bottom line is, you know, we had something that we worked really hard to make. And, and when I got the racetrack, I could no longer focus on fast truck Beep. I had to do. So the bottom line is... You know, we're, we're, Ronnie Sims has got the fast truck, and we're taking the uh, CCMP and making it happen. May right. put a dirt track, little one for the go karts. There you go, Bobby. Thanks, All right, Bobby. Bobby. It's good seeing you. Okay, it was, it was fun. Keep, going. It was, keep wrestling alive. Keep wrestling <laughs> alive, brother. It, it does work for All the right, NASCAR. Bobby. Why don't you All throw right. a ring out, man, and do that one night? Go, a- go, any, go. A ring, of, <laughs> ring of fire. Isn't that Johnny Cash? I got an idea for Thanks. you with a belt and some stuff. We're going to do later. All right, Bobby Deal, ladies and gentlemen. Carnac.com's best of the best. Jack, let's take a quick break, and we'll bring up Gene Lasker coming up next here on Real Racing USA. Carnac.com, your online racing community since 19. Carnac.com is racing classifieds, racing photos, racing news, lively racing message boards, chat rooms, multimedia, and so much more. And if your race team or racing business needs a website or your website needs a fire lit under it, look no further than Carnac.com. From affordable web hosting to fancy flash animation, Carnac gets it done. We are back live here at the Hall of Fame Cafe at East Bay Raceway Park. And join us at the table right now, a legend. What, what I would like to call, and what I write him down, as I think he's the winningest active sprint car driver in the state of Florida, no, in the southeast pretty much. Uh, he's also, we got to ask about the Don Ream connection, but I know Don's here. So we're going to talk about him and you together a little bit later. But, man, how how many years have you been doing this now? Uh, well, we got into sprint cars in 1990. 1990, but before that, you were like a street stock racer. Yeah, we only stuff, right? we raced, we, I first, I got my first race car in like 88. 
1988. Went from street stocks right into sprints. Let's get uh, Don. Don, come quick. on up because I know you're going to be part of this, and we're going to talk about your Gene, stuff too. But you and I rode in a pace truck that night when uh, Stan that. gave you the the collar, the oh, dog man, collar. We got to go with that. Remember we when we were in the yeah, pace yeah. truck together. But something that you told me that night stuck with me. You told me about how you used to run that street stock at Sunshine and here and there. Tell us a little bit about the guy and the fire and what you did with that street stock. Uh, well, the guy, well, he, the guy in the fire wasn't—he wasn't in a fire. He, he had a plastic rim blow up in his face, and it tore his face off. No, what you did with the street stock on the front stretch here—that that was the story I wanted to get to too. Oh, okay, I about know. how you took care of Don. That was Don. He doesn't realize. Okay, that, that was Don. It wasn't got right. no, oh, okay, okay. no, no, no fire. What it was <laughs> was we was in Alabama, I right. think, and um, Phoenix City. Phoenix City, and uh, I was helping a sprint car, uh, Jerry Rod, at the time, and I was wanting to get a tire mounted. And I, uh, I said, Don, mount this tire. And Don said, well, you have to wait. I'm going to mount this tire. And I looked over, and I said, this guy don't drive a sprint car. And Don said, listen, uh, you dude, you got up the way. I said, wait a second, Don, you're, you come here with the sprint car people. You're going to do sprint cars only. Get out of here, bomber driver. Well, I guess he drove a late model or something. He had a plastic rim. So I sat there waiting. I turned my back for a second. I turned around, and Don leaning over. The tire went boom. Well, it hit him right in the face, and from his nose up just tore his face off i mean he was just skeleton right there wow. and i looked down i went oh my god i pulled my t-shirt off luckily i had a brand new white t-shirt on and i put it around his head and helped him push his face down and wrapped it up and uh, there was nothing else i could do for him then you know i mean then everybody ran over and he got ambulance and uh but what you stayed in the hospital there for a while 10 days well i was winning the street stocks like crazy i mean i went anywhere everywhere i went we won with the street stock and I came out here and started uh, 19th in the field and won the feature and got out of the car in the front straightaway and said, listen, I'm donating this car to Don Reams. He's got his face blowed off. He's in the hospital. He can't make it home. I want to raffle it for a dollar a ticket, and all the money's going to go to him. I want you guys to know that I'm getting out of the car right here in the front straightaway. I want a record driver to take it. I want East Bay to come to take this car from here. I want the seat belt, seat gauges, everything, tires, rims. Everything on this car, the illegal motor, everybody thinks I'm running. <laughs> I said, it all goes with it right now. I'm getting out of this class, and I'm not going to drive street stocks no more. And I, and I started driving sprint cars after that. Yeah, but you gave the money that night. You gave a collection. You gave the money from the car, everything to help your friend yeah, who's I went, still stuck I went in through, Alabama. I, I, went through it, I, went, I took my helmet, went through it, and made people give me money. You know, they'd hand me a $20 bill. say, here, give me change. i say, okay, i st- take the 20 and keep walking. Ladies and gentlemen, Gene Laster. <laughs> I'm telling you. And that, that's the stuff I know about Gene from being a friend with Gene so many years that I keep having to hammer on people that he's not such the ding-dong dickhead at the track they all think. Well, right? I am that guy. Yeah, well, I, you put the helmet on, it's a different. Right. I mean, this is a competition sport, and you're not here to make friends. That's right. Okay, you mean, your best friend could be right next to you. Not, I will pin him into a parked car <laughs> if that's what it takes to win that feature. I'm it's sorry. amazing. I know. You know and, and, not and against the law to wreck somebody <laughs> under the green. How many, how many championships you got now? Seven. Seven. But you know what's really going you know, on right now is like we've won the last 18 out of 26 shows. And we've won the last 24 out of 26 heat races. And the only and all the features that I've won, the 18 races I finished this season, well, the last three seasons, the 18 races I finished, I've won. So you've got to figure the other six, we just broke. Right. So I, we're, I, we're really dominating our class. I was out here one night with Stan Cohen on this racetrack and watched you flip three times, three separate times. <laughs> Roll the car over and kept on going. Wings down in your face. I've had it. I've had the wing <laughs> tore off and the right front up in the air. Go just push it off. It'll be all right. It'll be all right. I'll make go, it go, happen. Go. I think they made you leave the track that night. And I don't got. You know, I I, I wreck. 
I mean, I, I stand on the gas. I don't, I don't. I wait to the last moment, and it's the wrong moment, and you know, you get tore up. How much, how much fun is it still though to win all those races and to still have all of those kids come out of the grandstands and come down to be with Gene? Is that, is that amazing? Or because what? I, I mean, see in, the, I see in the pits. I, I see over there. You're some guy walks up with his kid around his shoulders, and you're up there shaking his hand and yeah, talking to him. That's my little people, man. That's my people. It's awesome. It's just an awesome sight, and I just want people to realize that while there's this competitor that you know can really go crazy. There's this guy underneath that really takes care of people. That's how we started. Uh, look at Wild Bill Rivard and his kid. And that whole Absolutely. weekend, we remember the, it, guy, we got, the we... guy got shot. As his daughter got shot. And we were doing it for yeah, him at the please. two shoes or two something. Right. And I bring my car out there. Yeah. And I didn't even know the guy. But, I, you know, I know he got hurt real well. That, he died. Yeah, he did. Driver. Yeah. And uh, we bring our sprint car, our, our dirt car over there. And, uh, you know, and, and really St. Pete. And East Bay didn't get along. Then people, we didn't get along with each other. Yeah, so but that was even a lot of people arrival. still knew you from the days you'd raced there. So, yeah, yeah, was, but they still didn't like the dirt people, and uh, we didn't like the pavement people. He's, he's still only he's the only one that had a tip tank, his rear tank in the uh, Lug Nuts Cafe. That's right. Yeah, I remember <laughs> that. Now, Gene, a lot of the guys come out here. They race. You know, they take their helmet off. Thank you very much. Blah blah blah. Now you'll take you'll win the race. You'll spin the car around, beat the steering wheel, throw it up in the air, and and you're a showman too. And get out and bow the You know, crowd. I do that for myself, really, to tell you the I, truth. I believe I mean, you do. I, 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 I really do. do. That's, we used to call that the cool down. Yeah. He gets well, out of the you car. Know, I felt cool. bad last weekend, went in the feature, and I came island up. And as I pulled up in there to see all the officials behind the winter board, <laughs> and I noticed that everybody's hiding from it. I'm going like, oh, man, I should have did some donuts because they're waiting on it. You know, when they're not waiting on it, I do it. You see them scattering. I thought you were going to run me over. No, no, no. I've got everything's cool, man. I know what I'm doing. But you know what? You know what NASCAR doing the burnouts at the end and and stuff like that. I mean, the fans really want to see that. Absolutely, they're, they're, they're figuring they're missing out on something when you just pull up and stop. Yeah. Don, the other night here in the pits, I asked you. I walked up behind you two while you were standing there talking to each other. I said, "Did you know him when you when he was a rookie?" And you said, "Yes." What was he like as a youngster? Do you remember? About as wild as hell. <laughs> <laughs> but he had a good teacher. To be wild. Jerry Rod was. Um, I saw Jerry Rod one time at Golden Gate. Luzy's cool about something, and beat on the hood till the hood was down around the carburetor on a panel truck. <laughs> on an old 65-panel truck <laughs> yeah. when they really made good hoods. Yes. When, when did you start racing the sprints, Gene? Uh, 90. 90. Yep, and then, uh, when I started racing the sprints, I was driving Jerry Rod's car, and uh, I started halfway in the season. I run for, for Don Reams in the TBRA, and I... Uh, I think we, I, I think I did like 16 or 17 shows with him, and I finished in the top 10 every single time from the, from the first time I ever drove. I think seventh was my best finish, and tenth was my worst, and uh, I was rookie of the year. Right. I made rookie of the year, and only running halfway through the season. You got to see some of the some of the greats locally, like uh, Taylor Andrews and all Sammy Rodriguez, and, Rodriguez and, and, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, and at, at the end, you know, Donnie Tanner being so great. Uh, in sprint cars on pavement and then, you know, dabbling in it a little bit in the dirt when I was just getting into it here at East Bay and doing it a few times, him too. A lot of people don't even, they've all seen Donnie Tanner for 15 years running oh, late model. No, Donnie they don't Tanner know he was drive a sprint car on pavement. Yeah. Man, this is awesome, and I appreciate you, you coming in and taking some time with us. But, uh, Don, talk to us a little bit about uh, what it's like to go from the TBRA to what you're doing now and harnessing the attraction of guys that are drivers like this that come in and really make the show for you sometimes. Well, without people like Gene, you it gets to be a pretty dull deal. So you have to have people like Gene that, that are showmen, you know. Uh, it's just like you were talking earlier about wrestling. 
I mean, it's a it's a form of the same deal. Uh, they're showmen, and that's what you're doing there. Uh, the deal with the TBARA, uh, it was a good deal, and uh, I just wish them well. And I'm moving forward with my program, both on the pavement and this new dirt series that we kind of being a manager for, the Dirt for Dirt uh, Top Gun series. We start our first show uh, Friday night at Ocala. Gene's going to go up there and represent Uh-oh. East Spangle. Bay real well. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> we got pretty good competition with them guys up it's, north. It's not a cakewalk. It's not a cakewalk. And it, it's uh, we did win the last Ocala race there against them guys. This thing's already gone through some growing pains, and you haven't had your actual your first points <laughs> race yet. You're, Thank you've you. Had a, a race, but you haven't even had a points race. It's already. T- talk about what what has been developing here and where we are. Well, basically, we started out with. Um, some different deals, and we've we've had to relax some of the standards that that we tried to set forth, and uh, we're now down to where you don't have an entry fee, um, and which good, bad, or indifferent. I have my own opinion of that, uh, but uh, we 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 did reduce the purse by fifty dollars, so now instead of paying seven hundred, it's six fifty. Uh, pays a hundred dollars. Take the green flag. Uh, I noticed on some of the websites today and last night. Uh, I don't know why we posted a purse and why people are questioning. Well, what happens if you only have 15 cars? Well, those 15 guys are going to get paid what's on that on that pay sheet. We're not going to cut the purse. Because we got 15 cars instead of Nothing 24. To do with car Nothing no. To do with well, they're not used to that, Don. Well, I don't understand that. It, it I saves mean, the promoter nine hundred dollars, I think, if it's a hundred bucks to start the race at least. Well, the thing about it is, I mean, if you post something and you say that's what you're going to do, if you don't do it, then it's a wasted cause. Well, obviously, there's no more successful sprint car racer in Florida right now today than Gene. Gene, no. what do you think about this whole deal? Oh, I'm 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 tickled to death. I mean, I. I never wanted Don Reams to let go of me as a uh, sanctioned event driver in TBRA when we had TBRA pavement and dirt. I didn't want that, but Will Cagle came in here, and the Yankee that he is, he <laughs> stole us away from him. He took us. He said, you either don't race here or Carpetbagger he is. And whatever. <laughs> but, you know, he, he, he did that. Now, he did pay us good, and he, we had a lot of fun with him. But I knew that it wasn't going to last, and it didn't last, and now look at us. We don't have nothing. So Don losing TBRA is the greatest thing. I mean, it's really bad for him, but it's great for me because I know that Don's going to take my sprint cars on dirt and bring us somewhere. And, you know, if you don't have a sanctioned guy to talk and help and to say why we did what we did and what we're going to do for you later and and, and who's going to be there, then you don't got nothing. And without somebody like Don that knows everything about sprint car racing, uh, you know, it's just going to be the greatest thing. I'm loving it. I'm doing anything I can for him to make sure this works. No doubt. Have you had a big response, I guess? There's a lot of folks that are talking about bringing their cars now that you've Uh, worked on the renewal. Yes. Some of the the changes has really got a more positive aspect on this deal in the last week. It went from... 
boy, I don't know whether this is going to work. To I feel comfortable now. Well, now, and straight me out, though, we still have the Florida Sprint Car Series up north that, that has a little bit of a different rule than maybe Ocala and maybe East Bay and so forth. But all those cars can still run at the same rate. That, now, you know, I've raced in both. All, I've raced for all the sanctions, and, I, and I've won championships with both of them. And you know, I beat them guys with two barrel carburetors. And they told me you guy couldn't run with a two barrel car. I had to go there injection motors. I went to injection motors and then went 15 in a row. Um, so I know exactly the horsepower versus the car handling and the, and the weight changes that we're allowed to run. We're a little bit heavier than them. And with our four-barrel motors, the way they've changed us now, running with the sprint car tires on the rear, we can win at any racetrack at any time. It's going to be a little harder at Volusia. Don't get me wrong, because when them injected cars go through the corner, they don't bog. And a carburetor car will bog uh, if you're not if you hooked up a little bit too much. So they can get you there. But um, I've won it. I've, I've beat them before. You know, we had that we had that little chain. We had that little uh, what was it called? That little. To do race, Ocala and Volusia uh, Central Year one, Championship. Yeah, one of the them guys against us guys. Well, I dusted North them. South of I dusted them in Ocala, and I run second to the I, Kenny Adams' son. Um, but we got and we got robbed a little bit there because uh, Otto's got Goodyear tires, and the injector car is supposed to run Goodyears, and the carburetor car is supposed to run the Hoosiers. Yet the Hoosiers was the better tire. So, but the injector car who won it was running the Hoosier tires. And I walked up, I said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, what's that? You know, I couldn't run a Goodyear tire I, when I asked you, you wouldn't let me." Well, you know what Otto said at the end? Of the, he goes, "Oh, that's illegal." And he goes, "Well, why couldn't I run the Goodyears then?" He goes, "Oh, I was only kidding." We're talking uh, about Otto, Otto Scrape. Yeah, yeah, Otto Scrape, who races in his own race. That don't work. No, that don't work. Don't, no, that don't don't work. Well, that's some of the things that we're going to try to control. We've set up. First, we, we printed a rule book, and, and you know, Gene can test to this, that whatever's in the rule book is the way we're going to do it. It's not going to be, oh, we're going to do it this way tonight and this way tomorrow night. It's going to be the same every night. So that'll make a an even playing field for everyone. Well, that, that's one thing I'm sure all these drivers are really looking forward to is that, Don, they know that what they're getting when they get Don Ream. They know exactly what they expect. If it's in the rule book, that's the way it'll go. There's no knee-jerk reactions to things. You won't come away from this first race and go, oh, shit, we got to change eight things right. because that's not who you are or what you've done. So they know they, you know, they're going to get their money and they're going to get a good show and they're going to have a fair playing field as best you can make it right so i mean that's pretty awesome and, I know and he's got that name it. throughout the country of sprint car racing you and go where he goes they know that don reams is one of the best sprint car sanctioned officers there is in the country the only guy i met in an airplane in an airport in las vegas this past three weeks ago was talking about racing he goes yeah i met a guy from florida once don ream you know him <laughs> <laughs> how about that i went yeah do, do you think this will bring the sprint cars back to the to the engineer that they were. I mean, you know that we yeah. run trucks, you, 30 cars out here. You've got to have an official to take to to own it. You can't just throw a bunch of rednecks with sprint cars out and say, we're going to race over here and think everybody's going to do it. Right. Okay? You've got to have rules that will govern everybody the same way and you feel like you got a rule book. If you don't feel like you got a rule book and Gene Lasker rolls in there, you don't want to race because I'm going to win. Right. So and, and, if and they know that i got a rule... And they and they got to race with that same rule, and they're buying the same equipment I'm buying. They got a chance, as far as they're concerned. You know, uh, you know the talent that I have is a very good talent. I thank God he, he didn't make me much, but he made me a sprint car driver. Right. And um, but you know when you go when we go to racetracks and they got an open racetrack, I mean I, mean, I know how to cheat. <laughs> okay, and I will go there if you don't have a rule. I will go where I need to. I'll be an outlaw car. 
Same thing Steve Kenzer's driving. And the one other thing that, Gene, you've proven, if, if only right here at East Bay Raceway Park, is that you don't have to have 360 alcohol-burning fuel inject, injector cars to go fast and make it look like a good show. No. I mean, that ain't no, what well, it's about. You, if, you know, you can run small motors, and if you're hooked up, you got four corners. East Bay's a short track, and it's more turning than it is straightaway. If you can go real fast turning, don't worry about straightaways. They'll just... You'll be They'll there for an instant. Themselves. Go real fast. I mean, I showed you in the four tens. I started twentieth in the field. I run sixth. I started on the you know the back row. I should have been the the first car got lapped on lap two, and I started twentieth. I never got lapped. And I run sixth. So I mean, I had to put on a show. Don, before we run out of time and stuff, I wanted to ask you one last question to make sure I got it in, and that is, whenever you found out about what he had done back those years ago when you were in the hospital up in Alabama, what would you think of that kind of a move from a young driver? Well, I couldn't believe it, to be honest with you. I mean, I... He didn't like me then either. Well, uh, he didn't I like was... me then. Don't, don't go, be, go say the truth. I used to bug his ass. I was a pit crew guy, man, and I wanted to be a crew chief of the year. I wanted to be the guy that made Jerry Rod win. He was, he uh, so I was, was, was kind of like a little thorn in your side, oh, you yeah. know. He I, was, uh, you know, I, 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 I jump in line. He goes, hey, there's a line there. Hey, lines are overrated. I, I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I never have forgotten what he has done and how he helped me. And we had uh, a barbecue, and uh, we did, he did a lot of things there at the barbecue, too. Yeah, we had a lot. And then, just like you were talking earlier, when uh, we had someone hurt with the in the TBARA, we had a benefit here and uh oh yeah we did a lot for that kid too yes Sean we did Sean, Sean, yeah. far. Sean far. this this one and Bubba tried to drown me in the dunk tank they uh they wouldn't let up on me so <laughs> but Anytime uh, you get that official get them <laughs> <laughs> but it was all in good natured fun and you know it all went to a good cause so you know he he likes to be a a badass or he thinks he likes to be a badass but he does have a big heart and, uh, that is true. I tell you what, we're, we're grateful here in the state of Florida to have both of you that have been around so long and helping keep things on an even keel when it comes to sprint car racing and racing in general. So he just said, Tony keeps it on an even keel. Well, I do keep it on an even keel because if you don't got the bad guy, all the good guys would just be a queer. He keeps trying to kick it over. Right? So I keep everything on even keel. It just it just makes my job interesting. You're the fifty eight percent left side winner. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Thanks so much. How about a big hand, folks? I mean Ladies these two guys you can't get any better than this. Thanks, guys.
Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We are still live at the Hall of Fame Cafe at the uh, wonderful East Bay Raceway Park, the uh, international race course, because we get people from Canada and all over the world. I got one other thing I meant to say, and I wanted to say it while Gene's still around. Do you know how many phone calls you will get from people that know you if Bubba the Love Sponge goes, hey, anybody out there that knows Bill Green, have him call me. Have him call me. There he is, name dropping. Holy macaroni. I got like 22 calls. They were all buzzing over there. I'm busy in a training thing, and I'm like, God. Everybody listens to Bubba. Oh, man. (laughs) Apparently, and they all know me. That was what scared me. Anyway, we appreciate uh, everything. Bubba will see you at Balm on Friday and Saturday. Hey, guys, ASA drivers, we got them all over the place now. Jeez. Ross Chastain. Thank you. Ross. Jeremy Gerster. Hey, glad to be here. And Sean Bass. How are y'all doing? Crash Bass. How you doing, <laughs> <laughs> Now, last time I saw you, Sean, you were not in a ASA car. You were in a four-cylinder <laughs> trying to have some fun. Is that what you do for, you know, when your off weeks are? Oh, yeah. Uh, I started running the Outlaw 4 out here on dirt. September of last year, and uh, I'm having a lot of fun. It's a different experience, and uh, got a late model together, fixing to start running it out here in the next month or so. So now, Ross, you got some uh, time in trucks, I believe, before you came into late models and so forth, and showed it, Sean. Uh, you guys find that that holds you well with all the racing you've done since you've got into those trucks and run with Bobby's program and so forth back then. Yes, sir. Yeah, um, that was the first thing that I started in. So. Uh, me and Sean have a lot of a lot of good good times, good races at Charlotte County. But um, if if I wouldn't did the trucks, I definitely wouldn't be where I was at right now if it wasn't for Bobby Deal. How much did that help? You know, the traveling. You know, that was that different had, track. That oh. had to be the biggest thing to get you prepared to, for, for what you guys are doing now, right? Yeah, that was the biggest thing. Uh, just getting used to going to different tracks, being able to adapt to them. I mean, you know, there's no two tracks in the state of Florida that are the same. So it was. Uh, and when I did it, we traveled to Georgia, uh, two tracks up in Georgia. So I think doing that, doing the traveling, getting all the experience of different types of tracks, you know, it was always different. That really helped. And plus being able to, I mean, having uh, somebody like Bobby Deal give somebody young, give the youth a chance to be in that kind of type of situation. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, I mean, that right as we came in, they kind of, it was kind of falling apart. Uh, we traveled around Ocala and Citrus and a couple places like that, but... That How old were you the first years in the truck? Uh, I was 12 years old. Well, I was still I calling started. races, and you didn't get out of the truck. You were reminding me of somebody like, you know, I don't know. They, you guys weren't taller than the truck. You get out, and you still couldn't see it. But uh, it, it was pretty cool. And, and you had a learning curve, because I remember watching you closely at times at the back of the pack, and you still had some trouble controlling the truck a little bit and tended to piss a few people off along the way. But, yes, I mean, yes, who hasn't? At, at this point, <laughs> though, you, though, at right? this point, you've gotten much better, and so you don't tend Ask to get them all Lasker. upset. Yeah, well, they, he does it on purpose. These guys are trying to learn. <laughs> <laughs> and the other one, Jeremy, I swear I'll get to you in a second, but That's the right. other one is I remember you, you don't he, – Sean Bass sells himself short on talent all the time. He's the only guy I know of in the truck series that rolled his truck during practice at Ocala. They put it back together. I mean, it was lip – Duct taped all kinds of ways together, and he still came back. What third? Fourth. Fourth. 
came back to fourth in that truck. Finished in the top five at New Smyrna with a broken shot. Yeah, that was an ASA race. Yeah, the yeah. ASA race up there. Yeah, and that was right like, front broken shot. Yeah, and that was for a, a lot of laps. That, that thing was, was broke. It broke since it broke in qualifying, actually, but it was an impound race, so we couldn't touch the car. Couldn't so. change it. Yeah, yeah from, from getting upside down, though, I was going to say that was about the turning point I saw in you, that you tended to get a little less frantic about your early racing laps, and you tended to settle in a little more, and you tended to much more of your equipment has come back and gotten on the trailer since that rollover <laughs> than it had before that. Oh yeah, I mean, and it was it was hard because we were short on money and everything, and uh, you know I just had to keep taking care of my equipment to keep racing every week, and uh, we ended up winning the championship that year. So apparently it did, it paid <laughs> off for us, and uh, you know I mean, so it helped it helped a lot. You know, Jeremy, I mean, compared to these two guys who have been doing it quite a while now, you're a grizzled veteran. Yeah, I tell you, you know, running these ASA races, you know, you go to these tracks and it's like. You know, a 36-year-old is pretty much a, an old guy in, in this ASA series. I mean, I mean, I think there's only been like two or three other drivers that were older than me uh, last year throughout the tour that we ran, and you know, other than like Butch Miller and them guys. But I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, it, you know, I've been racing since I was you know six years old, but you know, more, mostly around like Florida and short tracks all throughout. So that, you know, but with this ASA deal, it makes it so much more interesting. Like like these guys are talking about, you get to travel and tour. So it's a little more interesting, even being an older, you know, veteran-type driver. Yeah, but when you're at South Georgia Motorsports Park and they're introducing you to a packed house or pretty much packed house, it must feel really good to feel like, hey, you know, I'm having some fun. I'm doing this because I love to do it, but I'm getting some recognition, too, and it's a lot more fun to have people that, you know, want to see you come back by and be here next year than go, oh, God, get him the heck out of here. We can't take that anymore. Yeah, I'll tell you, you know, growing up, um, when I graduated high school, I moved to uh, North Carolina, and I always dreamed about running Concord, and last year we got the run there. And I'll tell you, you know, a buck seventy through the dog leg is, you know, that's moving. And when you're out there actually in an ASA car, you wouldn't think with a crate motor you could be moving those kind of speeds. But I'll tell you, doing it and, you know, being able to hold it down through the dog leg, I, that was well worth the trip right there. <laughs> those kind of things, man. What's uh, how long you've been racing though? So you've been you've been said you're six when you started go karts, I guess, or something like that. Yeah, I started out in go karts and quarter midgets and ran all throughout Indiana and Illinois. And you know, so I've been doing this. You know, we took some years off when we moved to Florida originally, so we found the you know local short tracks again. But I mean, yeah, I've probably been doing this at least a good 20, 25 years. Wow. O- older than these Sean, two guys. Yeah. <laughs> Sean goes, hey, well, older than <laughs> yeah, but Sean, since you were in diapers, you were at the track. I mean, you know, you're. you're family's been in racing and so forth now ross i don't know a whole lot about your background before you got into racing because you were the one that i met but you got a family in racing and stuff too is it yes sir uh my dad he uh was with bobby deal whenever they rented the fast trucks the american race trucks and uh he's told me stories about getting in the truck strapping in and can't reach the pedals because it was a rented truck <laughs> and just st- from the beginning and then he he ran it and then uh whenever my little brother was born he had we had to get out of it and then uh, we were kind of sitting on the house board and went up the track, and the, the trucks were running. So we uh, looked into it and got got a friend. He still had his old original American race truck and uh, was able to rent it from him and then went on from there. I'm, I'm always surprised that younger guys, when you're racing and you're in like a truck series or something, you're 14, 15, 16 years old, you're still in high school at least, and so forth, that the people at school don't pay any attention to you. They don't, they, they, you know, they're oblivious to the fact you actually do it sometimes. Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of people, nobody really knew about me until I started wearing these shirts that I have on right now. That's whenever lately people started noticing, but I don't get near the recognition as the, the tennis team does or anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's bad. That's bad. <laughs> Yeah. Well, well, Randy Fox noticed you. 
Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, we're 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 good friends with him. We uh, since we grow watermelons and he brokers trucks, we do business with him. So uh, we were able to make some connections there, and he was able to rent his car. So that was good. And uh, coming on board with Jeremy has been the best thing we've did. I mean, to, to have Jeremy come to us and ask me to drive his car was definitely the best thing. How did that work out, Jeremy? Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you, uh, last year, we, you know, we ran that final race at, at, at Ponte Gorda, you know, Bobby's track at Charlotte. And, uh, you know, I just noticed him in practice. You know, he had an older car. It was like an old show car that he had got from Bobby, and they fixed it up. And, you know, here this kid is, you're running a car that's probably about a third of the value of my car, and he's out there turning almost the same time as I'm turning. And I started talking to Bobby about him, and I was like, you know what? This kid can really drive. I mean, watching him, you, you could just tell he hit his marks every lap. And, you know, so I told him, I said, I'll tell you what, in the off season. I'll come up there with my two crate cars, and we'll run against the Supers. Well, we go up there. There's 23 cars. Uh, Ross climbs in it right away. He's turning the same speeds as me. Uh, he qualifies fifth. I think I qualified tenth. And by lap two, he was already passing the leader on the outside for the lead. And, you know, they got together and spun him out. Well, he came back from 22nd to finish ninth that night. So it just showed me that he had the patience to be there at the end and, and finish the race. And I felt like, you know, I have a two-car team. Let's put Ross in the second car for the next year. You know, maybe he can help out with a little bit of expenses, and that way we can both go for the championship and he can go for Rookie of the Year. Don't challenge a guy to take your job because you know what he's going to do. He's going to take your job. Okay. I'll I, I, I tell you though, I'm I'm really impressed. I mean, even his first race. I mean, he's still learning about the you know the big bar soft spring setups and stuff. But I mean, he went out there and won with his truck and climbed right in my car. And I mean, he was driving you know right behind me. I think he was running. I was running six. I think he was running eighth, and he had a right front tire go flat, and went in the pits, wanted to come back out, and had a rear end issue. But we're getting, like you say, we're getting ready to go to South Georgia, and hopefully we can rebound there. Rear end issues, we can talk about that here in just a minute with Jamie. Uh, Sean, I got to ask you those same uh, situations. Uh, is it easy to click over in your head now when you go from one car to the other? The, the types of shocks and and all of the different undercarriage stuff that can be different in the different tracks or different kinds of cars that you might run. Uh, yeah, it's definitely a lot easier. Uh, coming to the dirt stuff, it was it was a lot different. Everything's backwards over here in this side of the world. So uh, it was that was definitely a learning curve. But um, like I said, I'm having a, a blast in dirt, and uh, I'm not going to quit just because you know I I try to get as much as I can with as little time as I have. So uh, what's the next uh, ASA race? Where is it? I'm, my next race is in two weeks at um, Mobile in Pensacola. Yeah, he runs a south he, he runs a southeast asphalt tour. Oh, okay. Where are you guys at next? Our, our next race is uh, South Georgia Motorsports Park, not this uh, weekend, but next weekend, the 28th. And then the following weekend after that, we go to Sonoya, Georgia. So it's kind of a, a busy schedule for these, you know, these first two races. Oh, oh yeah, that's a nice little round thing. <laughs> Definitely. Oh yeah. You know who still has the track record of all records at Sonoya, Georgia? I, I couldn't it's tell you. Not in late models. It's a, it's a sprint car record, but it's the fastest record ever lap ever run there. Was it like Frank Riddle or something? Red Stoffer. Oh, Red Stoffer. Wow. <laughs> wow, he's, that's quite a few years ago. Eleven three six, I think they said. They still got it on the wall up there, I noticed, in the tower. Jimmy, you've done a lot of, you know, late model racing, of course, but uh, you had some good success in the open-wheel modifieds. Oh, yeah. We, we won a couple of championships at Ocala and, you know, ran a lot of the, the touring stuff back with the Sarah and stuff like that and, you know, ran really good with that and got Rookie of the Year and, and runner-up and stuff like that. And, you know, I mean, it's just... <laughs> Modified's really kind of like Gene, you know, out of control. You know, I, I can hop back in a modified, and, and I know my boundaries, and I can push the limits anywhere I go. Where the, the ASA cars, I'm still learning. I mean, even though it's my third season, I mean, it's a totally different kind of racing. It's about momentum and keeping the keeping the motor going and keeping the car really free. You had a good race earlier this season, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. We won. We, we won. We won down at Ponte Gorda, and we just ran second this past you know weekend. 
what, what's it like uh, whenever you get a chance to drive by, you might see the gate or the fence, and it kind of reminds you about Sunshine Speedway? I'll tell you, that was, a, that was a lot of fun history. I mean, it's a shame to see the track go, and you know, I heard people with rumors about opening it back up, and we were hoping to see that happen, but... I mean, it's just such a fun little bull ring. I mean, people that never got to enjoy it could, could understand. I mean, Gene, you know, he ran many years there. I mean, a lot of people, you know, that ran there just know it was a, it was a tough track to get around, but it was a lot of fun once you figured it out. Yeah, but you your nights there always seemed to be either a really good high, you were <laughs> second, third, or fourth, or you were back there getting out of the car throwing helmets at each other. You know, the, the, my years at Sunshine kind of remind me of Gene Lassiker, you know. Either I was either the highlight or I was going home and either either on a wrecker or, or, or mad at the world. <laughs> you know, you know, Jack. <laughs> That's right. You know, Jack's trying to get Tony Amico to open that back up. I well, know, that'd be Awesome, wouldn't well, it? We, we, when we had uh, Tony, Tony on, and Bubba, when works. we had Tony on the show Monday night, last Monday night on Inside Florida Racing, uh, it got around to talking about Lakeland and the whole deal, and uh, and uh, Robin he started talking about uh, Sunshine in the old days. Tony used to race there, and uh, you know he wasn't against the idea of yeah, having right. a track again. Yeah, like that. He, he's uh, he, he left that open as something he might pursue, not necessarily at that location, but whatever. You know, he was talking. That's some. About that's it. somebody we need. We need somebody with racing experience to get in there and get it going and make the you know St. Pete you know understand that that track, you know, the revenue and everything that's, that's there. It's just kind of stupid to be sitting there neutral. Yeah, and that's one of the few tracks that it could rain real hard right up till All four o'clock, it, yep. and you got a thousand people going to show up in the rain because they're just that close Dropping to it. They, the mud out. Out for they only got to go ten minutes from home. So did anybody ask Ross when he's going to come up here and, uh, and uh, try out some, some dirt, see what he could do against yeah, Sean do, up man? here on the dirt? I don't know. I'm uh, waiting on an offer to drive. I'll, I'll drive well, anything. Your boss has been on dirt before. Oh, yeah. We, we ran some modified stuff up here and had some fun. You know, we finished top fives, but I, like I was telling Ross before, I said, you better be prepared to put new bodies on the car every week and uh, re-decal <laughs> if you want to keep it nice looking. <laughs> You guys uh, talk a little bit about your sponsors. We got to get uh, some, a whole bunch of more people up here. But. I mean, we we have uh, Melon One and JDI. Those are uh, Frederick Durr. They're helping us go ASA this year and helping us with the truck and everything. So uh, those are really our main sponsors this year. Yeah. And, and on my car, uh, we have also United Speed World. They do all our dyno work for the crate motors because you know it's, it's all about keeping the the maximum power you can get out of the motors. And race car engineering helps me out a lot with the product. And uh, old, old wild man Gene himself, Lassiker powder coating. Uh, they they own a powder coating right there from my neck of the woods. They just uh, powder coated my new uh, challenge car for ASA. So, you know, it, it'll be introduced later in the year. We're going to Rockingham. Sean, what about you, buddy? Uh, my ASA in? side, uh, Rinaldi Heat and Air, uh, Orlando Special Effects, Jeff Moyer, especially. You know, I know the economy sucks right now, but <laughs> he's given me everything he's got to do this. You know, he's given me every opportunity to go racing. You know, across the across the country. So, uh, and on the dirt side, uh, Elmer and Associates, uh, Crumpton Wellness Supply, East Bay Raceway Park, everybody that's supporting me out here, giving me the opportunity. We got one quick question for you, Jeremy, because you got two cars you got to drag around the country. What's it been like with the economy the way it is? Uh, how is it still making it work for you guys to get out there and go racing with uh, all the entry fees, the gas and tires and things it takes to get around the country and make it happen? Uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely a lot more stressful, you know, having, you know, in, in the maintenance that you got to go through per race with both cars. And, yeah, I mean, the fuel prices have came down some considering last year, the beginning of the year, I think we were paying for something, a diesel for gallon. Now we're down to like two something. So it's. That saves us a little bit there, but you know you still got all your regular maintenance fees that come in, and you know that's why I say having Ross come on board with the second car. I mean, he does got some sponsors helping pay for the tires and you know and some of the fuel and stuff like that, so that helps out a lot. You got to feed two 
groups of people then, two crews, and I know you Gershners can eat. <laughs> I'll tell you, you know, but, you know, his, his parents and, you know, his mom and, 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 grand, and grandparents, uh, they, they actually help out a lot, you know, and cooking and stuff like that. We, we plan on doing some barbecues and stuff at all these races and making it like a family affair out of it. I mean, that's the, kind of the other thing that was good about Ross is the fact that we, we both have families that are interested in racing. Well, I'll tell you what. You guys go one, two, three in a race. We'll bring you right back next time we're on, okay? Sounds great. Glad to be here. You good? All right. Take care, guys. Appreciate it. How about a big hand for our uh, ASA and late model and dirt racers and everything else they do? Another quick break, and I think we're going to go. It's time for Jeffy! Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We're here at the home of the Winter Nationals, East Bay Raceway Park in the Hall of Fame Cafe. You're welcome to join us any Thursday night we're here. Check it out on our schedule. We want to uh, thank uh, everybody for listening in. The Inside Florida Racing now, if you've been listening into that every Monday night, you've been getting some great information about things happening in the state of Florida and around. And uh, go back and check out Monday night's uh, show. You get in some real good information there from uh, all kinds of racers and drivers. Also want to thank the fine folks at Fast Lanes, the Racing Authority, for uh, Helping us out when we were doing this during the Winter Nationals. Absolutely. And we would like to thank the fine folks at East Bay Raceway Park. So let's do that first. And that's with Todd Hutto sitting down with us for the uh, co-ownership here at the track. Todd, we want to thank you so much, man, for letting us come in and uh, kind of use your space, I guess we would call it. But uh, hopefully bringing some more people to visit and uh, getting some more information out about East Bay Raceway Park along the way. Yeah, we hope so. I'd like to... Yeah, thank y'all guys for coming out and doing the show, and uh, I think the shows during the Winter Nationals are pretty cool. I mean, everybody enjoyed it. A lot of had a blast. A lot, of, <laughs> lot of lot of big names on t on the uh, on the radio, so oh, yeah. it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah we had some. Uh, you get some great people come in, and some people sneak in and and just kind of show up, and you don't realize you know they're coming, and mm-hmm. here they are. They're watching somebody else. They're kind of big names and stuff, but uh, we got a chance to talk. I think 
years of the past. We've talked to everybody from Kenny Wallace to Schaefer. And, There's uh, a list on the website. Yeah, it's all, like, all on the website. Yep. And uh, this year it was Clint Boyer was real nice enough to talk to us. But uh, we appreciate all those guys coming down. But uh, East Bay Raceway Park, it's like uh, anywhere you go, especially in dirt racing, everybody knows where East Bay Raceway Park is. And That's they a know, good thing. And they know about the Winter Nationals. I That's mean, you guys have really been out there because I know that you go to, you know, the Chili Bowl and you go to the, you know, the Nationals and so forth, and you get the word out too that way. But you get seen, you get talking to people. They come by, they visit. It's been really cool. What are some of the other tracks and places you guys have gotten to go to kind of hawk the wares and then come back and somebody come say, hey, I saw you at the such and such. I've been actually we've been all over the place. We've been to New York, been to Ohio, been to Arkansas, been to Alabama. You, you name it, we go. Uh, I think one of the, the neatest things I've seen was a, we do a TV race each year, and they replay it several times. And two years ago, uh, Lucas Oil was unfortunate enough to have a bunch of rainouts, but East Bay was fortunate enough to have a bunch of TV shows. There you go. So we had a guy see a TV race on a Thursday night at 10 o'clock Saturday morning. I was working here cleaning the straightaway in the bathrooms, stuff that people don't actually see us do. And a gentleman drove up from Ohio, said he'd seen the race on Thursday night and drove here to watch a Saturday night show. That was pretty cool. <laughs> wow, that is pretty cool. That's a, that's a little bit of a trip. How many years has it been, Todd, since you guys took over East Bay? This is our seventh year. How much has it progressed since then? Uh, in my opinion, I believe a whole lot. We've made a, a ton of changes. Uh we can make all the changes in the world. You really can't change some of the people. you got great people here. Um, but the coolest thing you have is awesome racing, no doubt about it. No doubt about it, no doubt. You know, and, you, and you came from, you know, you had the three series. You know, we, I interviewed you back when you started the, before the Florida Mini Stock Challenge Series and the things you did with that, and then you brought East Bay back up into the prominence that it was. Uh, it's got to feel really good. Well, like I say, we... The biggest thing I, I think we do um, <clears throat> around here, at least in my opinion, is I'm, I try to be friends with everybody. Uh, whenever I am walk through the pit area and see Gene and Jeff and those guys, I walk by, shake their hands, and thank them for being here. And uh, just try to have a one-on-one relationship with everybody. And uh, we're all human beings. Uh, we Sometimes we mess up on the racetrack. Sometimes they mess up in the race car. Don't yell at me, and I won't yell at you, and let's have a good night. Well, there's one thing that Todd taught me a long time ago, and he doesn't realize he taught me this, but when we worked together at... Auburndale Speedway, I'd be in turns three and four. He was down in one and two. And after the races, every night, every driver that had a problem with a call during the night would show up in a line, and they'd come into the office and talk to us about what we thought we saw. And Todd always, I was a very, and still am, as everybody knows, kind of an excitable little guy who gets around real fast. And little Todd guy? Was, and, well, okay, a big guy. Now. But Todd was always very calm and collected, and he was always thinking, and he never had a knee-jerk reaction to anything. You can get Todd really mad, and he still doesn't go off on you until you've really gone overboard. I mean, right. you got to go a long way. And and Todd always had this thought process of what's right for the racer, what's right for the fan, what's right for the track. And I don't know if it's in that necessary order, but it always seemed like he thought the process through and thought it out. And so since, you know, probably eight years ago when I came over and started being an announcer here, I've slowed down a lot of things that I think about and how fast I Make a decision. I got a trivia question for you. No, oh God. What was the first picture of Todd Hutton on the internet? Ooh. Oh, I remember. On Karnak. I remember on that one. Yeah. Uh, Karnak, it must have. I don't know. It was oh, a close I, shave. I, I know that. I, I guarantee you, I know what it was. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> Might have been. 
Turn four at the Governor's Turn Cup. Turn four at the oh, Governor's yeah. Cup, and I believe we ended up having, I don't know, a two or three hundred person melee. And That's where you really oh, yeah. became buddies with Wayne Anderson. That's me and Wayne oh, become yeah. real close friends yeah. that night, and we're still close friends to this day. <laughs> that would get me pissed off, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> that, that made him an excitable man that night. I didn't have but nothing Todd, to do with that one. Todd, has been, you've been the subject of a lot of conversation in the last three weeks on, on Inside Florida Racing. You probably don't even know about this, but... Um, this guy Jim Curry has started this, uh, putting, promoting a hundred-lap mini-stock race, paying twelve hundred, no no entry fee, all that big deal up at Citrus, and we've been having, we've been helping him promote that, and we've had drivers on, guys that race with you, and every single time there's a conversation about it, it goes back to the Florida mini-stock challenge series, and the amount, like what Bobby did with trucks, you did equally with. The mini stocks, and it's still there, man. Everybody that, says the same thing. That was the first time it was ever done right that's from right. start to go. That's right. Well, that, that's a pretty cool deal. I, I had uh, actually three or four guys, and I won't say their names, but told me it would never work. So I was pretty determined. One of those was Bonnie Hill. <laughs> well, that's that's one of them probably. Uh, Billy, Billy Martino. Uh, I can tell you their names. Yeah, Bonnie Hill had a long conversation with me one night about Todd coming over and talking to her about bringing the mini stock series there, and she goes. Well, I don't see why we should do that because it's just gonna it's gonna take two or three of our good drivers. They're gonna go off with the series. We're gonna be less cars here all the time, and they're gonna come by and visit us maybe three times a year. It just it takes from every track. It takes from every track. It takes from every track. how many I don't know how many times she said that. If if you and do so, it correctly, and you can go talk to Critter at Citrus, like we had three or four years ago, the last time that I did the opening night there, we had sixty six mini stocks and fifty two sportsmen in two classes. Yeah. Thank you. I That's remember when it was the done opening right. night. Remember the opening night at Auburndale with twenty six. That's the one I remember. Stocks. Seeing them lined up on the on the racetrack, and the guys loved it. The drivers loved it because seeing them lined up on the on the racetrack, just like the late models. Yeah. You know, and, and those guys felt Everything. the same and the what, same kind of respect. And you it know, was cool. you took the mini stocks. I mean, we, we used to run and watch the mini stocks. You know, the the Pintos, the Vegas, and everything. These guys, when you got that series going. Gave them the initiative to make those cars. I mean, they were they beautiful. Were, they were fan attractive cars. The fans loved to see them things, and it was, you know, the, the the progression of the races and the way it went. It was just all done. And you guys, you had your crew out there all in uniforms and stuff, and it was big time. I mean, the mini stocks were big time here in Florida. Yeah, we did a good job with that deal. And like I say, I had a ton of help, um, but the main thing was the drivers. You know, we we had a, a great group of, of guys and gals that come out and race with us over those. Eight years, I mean, and uh, Mary Green, one of our favorites. We, we had a, we had a bunch of them, and uh, I, I'd say all in all, probably some of the best dollar for dollar racing you had ever seen in your life. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, maybe three and four wide a lot of times, man. And I, off the walls. And the, the one thing I remember that that still gets me to this day. We went to Sebring. I don't know if y'all were there, but uh, we were at Sebring. We ran a thirty minute time race, and when we come to the checkered flag, they were five wide. And the lady down at the pits called up and said to me, she said, are they supposed to be passing? Because <laughs> they had never seen passing on a road course. Right. Yeah, so we stood down. Awesome. And we stayed down. I remember that day. Twice we did that. But we, down, we stayed down in that elbow there. It was yeah. that 90-degree turn. We just stayed down there and took pictures all day because it was too funny. <laughs> yeah, you could see every angle of a car. Yeah, I'm sure yep. they, had a, they had a whole deal setting those cars up to go left and right. <laughs> but uh, we've gone from there, and, and it seems that, 
I mean, it, like I said about Sunshine, you'd have a thousand people show up no matter what. You got twelve hundred or fifteen hundred people that'll show up here no matter what you're doing and what kind of weather it is and so forth. It seems because they just keep coming, and then the racers come. There's always a almost a hundred cars in this pit every week for three to four or five classes at the most. Uh, uh, what's making it work even through these tough times for everybody? Uh, great racing, real and truthfully. Uh, it's the guys that come out and put these cars together and put on a show. Um, Jeff has, has put on some great races here in the first three weeks. Gene's put on some great races. You know, it's, it's I mean, the late model race last week, I was not here. I was actually doing another race for somebody else in, in Georgia. And the first thing I did was get phone calls from racers talking about how great the race was. That's pretty awesome. My, my own people didn't call me, but the racers called me. That's pretty awesome, you know. So it was a pretty good show uh, from what I hear. Your so wife was busy. She was doing that. She had computer issues. She was pissed. <laughs> she was steaming by the end of the night. Oh, man. But it's it's just awesome. And, and, and we'll volley that right into Jeff Matthews, ladies and gentlemen. Jeff Matthews uh, joining us tonight. Now, Jeff, you've run just about anything and everything that has four wheels. It has ever raced at East Bay, I think, sometimes. Uh, bring us through it from when you started racing until, you know, this February when you really got hot. Uh, we started out about 20 years ago, and uh, we started out in a mini stock, and we ran that for a couple of years. And uh, I'll never forget, we, um, we we wanted to go limited late model racing. Back then, they were called modified stocks, and uh, Roger Krause had his car for sale. And we went to his shop on a Saturday morning, and Jimmy Cathcart was his crew chief, and they were loading the car on the trailer. And I said, hey, I want the car still for sale. And Roger said, yeah, it's for sale. I said, well, I want to buy it. And he said, well, we're, we're going to plan on racing tonight. I said, well, if it's for sale, I want to buy it now. Well, Jimmy started pitching a fit. That was his crew chief, and he went he went bananas basically. And uh, we ended up buying the car that that morning, and we raced it that Saturday night. And uh, we backed it in the fence and tore it all up. Uh-oh. And, and uh, from that point on, we uh, we hired uh, Jimmy Cathcart, started working on it for us. And uh, we came out the next week, and we wanted to feature in it. But you know, we ran we ran the limited late models for I don't know six or seven years, and we started dabbling in the late models then. And uh, we won a championship in the, in, the, in the limited late model, and then we started dabbling in the modified. So we, now we run just the modifieds and the late models. But now I, I can't remember a year when you didn't win a feature event at East Bay. Has uh, there been one to go by? I don't, no, not that. Not I don't that think I can so. remember. No, I've, I've, There's been I've, at least one, yeah. about a few, three or four. But it's just been uh, pretty awesome. That Now, a lot of these folks now today, instead of having to own your own cars, it seems like people come to you and go, hey, can you drive my car? Because you show up in some other cars every once in a while. And help people out, maybe getting them set up or something. But but you do drive uh, open wheels and late models, you know, every chance you get. Yeah, we 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 own our own race cars. You know, we've got you know four late models and two modifieds. But yeah, occasionally we drive for some. Maybe you know, that's why it looks like we, so we drive for some other people. Occasionally we drive a limited late model. You know, we drove we drove for quite a few people actually around. You know, J.R. Prater was one of the guys that I drove a late model for, and you know we won one of the. One of the biggest races that East Bay's put on here in a long time for like a local Saturday night show. It was a Showdown 100, and we won that driving his car. But we had we we drove a lot of things here. I tell you yeah. what, you won two features on the 28th of February, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, we won. Talk about that night. Uh, I I could sum that up for you. Jeff okay. was determined. Determination, huh? Determination. Yeah, we came here. You know, we 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 had just lost Jr. that week, and it was you know opening night, and we came here and. We wanted to we wanted to win for him, so we uh, we set out a goal and we accomplished it. Well, you know, Jeff, um, last year we we started something at Real Racing USA, which is uh, something we all got started about three years ago, and uh, doing all this broadcast stuff all over the place. And 
Last year we did a, a thing with Pandora Jewelers where we, we gave away a, like a $4,000 ring to the driver of the year at the Pandora Jewelers driver of the year at the end of the year. We voted a driver every month. And we every month and we, we give away, driver. yeah, every month we, we gave away a, a, a plaque and, and recognized a driver who did something outstanding during that particular month, which kind of put them in the running for that ring at the end of the year. And this year we've, we're doing the same thing. We have a different company. It's Hildebrand Jewelers. And, uh, we have a beautiful championship type style ring that we'll give away at the end of the year. Same thing that we did last year, and it's to recognize, uh, you know, the, the top driver of the year. And last year it was Johnny Collins who couldn't be beaten on on the late models. And you know, you raced against Johnny, and you know, you know yeah, what he did Johnny's, last year. Johnny's a tough guy to race against. You know what he did. And um, anyway, in February. Uh, uh, we uh, picked you for for your accomplishments as our February Hildebrand we'll Jewelers uh, driver of the of the month. Well, Jeff I appreciate you going. guys. Uh, so. <laughs> I, I really appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> they wouldn't put Jeff Matthews sandbagger, but I mean, <laughs> yeah. You know, it means a lot for you guys to win the trophy on Saturday night and stuff, but to be recognized. We realize that you know, the, all the efforts that you guys put into to what you do to, to, to you know, entertain the fans, to, to have we've got a job to, so we can do this. You know, it, it's about time that people recognize what you guys do. And every month we're going to pick a driver that will put you in the running for the driver of the year. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, you know, you know, racing these cars, you know, you got to have a crew and you got to have a team. And we got, we've got a pretty good crew of guys that work on these things, and they work on them. Five days a week, basically. You know, we've got a, we've got a shop that we've got six cars in, and a couple guys that work there full time all week. You know, we're gonna, we're gonna we got a goal we're gonna try to do this year that I don't think no one's ever done here in the history of East Bay. We're gonna try to win two championships here in two different classes. We're gonna run for, you know, the late model title and the modified title here, and uh, see how we turn out at the end of the year. Well, there you go, buddy. And I know that even over the last two or three years, I've watched you get in and out and race two and three times a night sometimes. And it's just been awesome, and I know that you do a great job with the fans. They come down, they want to see you, they want to talk to you, they want to be in your pictures. You must have a lot of pictures with a lot of people in them because you've got a big family, too, it seems, or a big crew and a bunch of people that hang out with you. But it's really awesome to come to the track and see you do so well, get recognized by the fans who get to watch you every week, and then also get the opportunity to represent East Bay Raceway Park wherever you go. So, I mean, it's, it's pretty cool. Okay, I appreciate it, guys. What? You're speechless? <laughs> Finally? Yeah. You can't talk? Yeah. I don't really have much to say. You know? Todd, talk about, talk about watching him race here. And so, I mean, there's been ups and downs. There's been times when he's been really pissed off at you guys. And there's been other times when he's really, you know, jumped in there and helped out to take care of things around here. He's been mad at Al more than he has me. <laughs> but uh, I seen him and Al go toe-to-toe our first year, I believe, in, in the middle of the infield. And I'm yelling at Al on the radio, just walk away from him, you know, like I would do, right? Just walk away. Just walk away. And because uh, typically I will wait till Tuesday and call you Tuesday when we both cool off and, and talk about it then. But uh, then the upside of Jeff is, is over the past two or three years, I have seen a definite change for the good as far as driving and his ability to get around this racetrack has been just totally awesome. I mean, the opening night of this year, you know, he went out and, and won the modified race in somewhat dominating fashion. Got out of the car, took a picture in Victor Lane, went and got the late model. I start, started sixth, I believe. Yeah. Sixth, yeah. With two to go, he was running second, and he won by about four car lengths. 
So you know, say uh, determination was a was a key. He was he was on a rail, but you could tell he was focused. He was on his game and he was going. Um, there's other nights when I seen him get mad and sit there and say, "You ain't gonna race at East Bay again." And goes leans on another car, and ten minutes later he's in the next feature. You know, so. But uh, all in all, we've had fun. We've we've become actually I, I would say pretty good buddies. Um, he call and argue with me sometime, and I call and argue with him sometime. So uh, before we go back to him to talk about this man, I want you to talk about J.R. Prather and what he brought to and the person that he was here at East Bay because his his life. Outside of his work with the, you know, putting down some asphalt and stuff, was right here. He loved this place. He loved being here. He loved being part of it, and and, and that's got to be a sense of a loss to have lost a gentleman like J.R. Prather Sr. Yeah, it is a big loss. Um, J.R. was uh, actually a pretty good buddy of mine. Um, he was one of those guys that would be here uh, day up, day down. It don't matter. We're, we're here on Tuesday morning at eight o'clock. He's here at seven thirty. We leave at five. He comes in at six. I mean, you know, it, he's always been around. He's all every bit of the paving you see that's out here. He's done it, and uh, he's always helped us when we first started the go kart track. He come out here and and I would say tried to teach me how to run a grader. Um, <laughs> we do a pretty good job with it now, but uh, you know it took us five years to get there. But Jr. was the first one to come out and help us, you know, move the dirt around and help us get things set up and and. Uh, He's come out and, and did everything. I mean, he's helped us clean the front straightaway, the walkway, for five years in a row. You know, and uh, it's going to be a big loss. He was uh, it's interesting because Jr. is one of those guys. He was he was kind of like needed it his way sometime. And if he didn't get it his way, you got a pretty good tongue lashing. But I didn't get too many of them, not like some people did. But uh, Absolute great guy. Uh, we are going to miss him around here, and he's done a ton of work for us. He was one of the few owners and sponsors that come to the track on a regular basis that was really a fan favorite because of his involvement with the races when it came to the fan participation races. And exactly. Stuff. He I mean, he he, he had half the cars in the fan participation. Um, he would he put me in a car. He put Kelly in a car. He put I mean you name it. He put all kind of people. Okay, in a so car. his judgment wasn't great. Exactly, but, exactly. Yeah. And he got bad when I didn't win. I mean I'm like he's like I'm giving away my hundred bucks. You need to win this thing. So you know, but uh, he brought me a car that was a little bit too fast. Actually, all we did was spin the tires. But uh, the girls always won the front wheel drive. So I think it was a setup deal. Now Jeff uh, winning an award like this uh, for the month of February alone uh, doesn't do justice for what you have done and raced with Jr. and stuff, but. What was it like racing for this man and, and having the answer to him whenever you made a mistake, maybe, or, or being able to, to know him behind the scenes, so to speak? Yeah, I mean, I, he was he was a real good guy. He did a lot for me, as far as racing wise. I mean, we didn't if he would take his last hundred bucks and buy a tire if I said we needed a tire. He was just that type of guy. He didn't he would he would actually take from where he needed to put his money and put them in them race cars just because he wanted to win. But he he was just a, a good guy, but. You know, like Todd was saying, he, he was one of those type of guys, if he didn't get his way, you was, was fixing to get an ass chewing, that's for sure. He, he was the type of guy he could cuss you out, and about 30 minutes later ask you where you want to go eat dinner at. He was just one of those type of guys. Yeah, that was always one of the places to go eat in this pit. Was down at yeah, place. he was always cooking, him and Jan. They all, I mean, they brought food every Saturday night. They had the grill fired up. You know, they had pretty much whatever you wanted to drink down there. They, they were just good. He, he was just a good man. He's going to be greatly missed. Well, i tell you what, we'll, we'll leave it all at that, because I know J.R. Prather's got a lot of fans out there. A lot of people love J.R. Prather, and we look forward to uh, um, you know doing something in his honor I'm sure at some point because it was just such a big part of this track and so forth but 
congratulations, my man. Driver of the month. Uh, you're in the running. You could wind up with a ring at the end of the year. Uh, keep it up. If you keep running for those two championships and you get them, it kind of helps put your hat in the ring a little further maybe. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see what's going on. But, uh, Todd, appreciate it, buddy, bringing us back and uh, letting Thank us you. get in here. Uh, never complained about me signing in either week either, so that's good. Um, what do we got next, buddy? Ain't this a whole lot better than the Snook River Grill? I'm oh, yeah. telling you. Huh? I'm telling you. It's starting to feel kind of like lug nuts. You we just got to get one, some wings on the one ball. One thing I wanted to say about <laughs> East Bay, though, is, uh, you know, Jeff said that he's raced here 20 years. Lasker's raced here 20 years. There, there are no tracks in Florida that have had the same people, families, and generations. You know, they, they all go by the wayside, but yet they all keep coming back to East Bay. It's amazing. And what attracts you to keep coming back here? I mean, I know you've raced at Ocala and you've raced a few other tracks. I've seen you around. But what is it about East Bay that draws you back? I mean, you've been through several owners here. What is it? Yeah, you know, we've we've raced at a lot of dirt tracks all over the place, you know, from Arkansas to Florida, you know, Mississippi, Louisiana, Alabama. We've been everywhere. And a lot of people don't know East Bay is one of the nicest facilities that you'll go to. I mean, you'll go to some of these places and they're just... You, you you know you hear a lot of talk about places you know green valley you hear a lot of talk about it but you go there that place it ain't got much to offer i mean it's east bay is a nice facility the racetracks you know for the most part is, is normally a good racing and, and and you know something else i like that todd and i'm done this year we went to the pill draw you know the pill draw is i think is is, is the best thing because you know it kind of discourages you a little bit when you come here every week and you you know if you win you win you win you get penalized for being good you know you get you got to start 12th when you got that point average deal going on i'd rather have you know the luck of the draw if i start on a pole good i got it if i start 20th i had the same opportunity everybody else does but if you're coming here and you're running good you don't have that opportunity because you're going to start you know further back in the field because they're going to avert you due to your points you know you know, you know that's something that that's that's we've talked about that a lot it's it's uh, like with the late models you go to these late model shows and i went to a lot of them last year at more than i'd ever done in a year dirt late model shows and the one thing that i didn't like was by having qualifying as a fan having qualifying for the starting spots in the heat races Quite frankly, most of the heat races were like a snore fest. I mean, they weren't very exciting. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And that's because the top cars were all, fastest cars yep. were all starting up front, and it was just over within like that. I've, I've always liked the luck of the draw, pill yeah. draw. As a know. fan, as yeah. a fan, it's yeah. like a lot better to I, I, watch it's, you it's come from the back rather than you start on the pole. That's why when you, right. when you pull the 20 pill, we all go, great, going to be a good show tonight. <laughs> yeah. <man." laughs> All right, guys, we appreciate it. Thanks so much. And, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's uh, Jeff Matthews, our uh, Hildebrand Jeweler. Hildebrand. Well, you February keep that one Driver of the me. Month. Driver of the Month. Applause. I keep voting for you, Gene. I keep voting for you. <laughs>
I want to go back to the show. Bring me back to the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. One more time, we still got lots of folks to talk to and get a chance to talk to, and two of those have sat down with me now. Representing the great metropolis of Balm, Florida. <laughs> no, it's why mama. No, that's where you get your mail from. <laughs> Jamie Franklin and the luscious Miss Garcia. I'll leave it at that. Thanks for uh, coming by and talking to us. Now, you got one. I know you got, You look at you. She's got all this paperwork laid out. Here's like she's got a half-hour show that she can do to talk about racing at Bomb, Florida. But we're not going to talk to you first. We're going to talk to him first. We'll talk about his rear end. you like his rear ends? He does real good with rear ends. Uh, <laughs> Jamie, welcome to the show, buddy. Um, a lot of folks know the, the Franklin name, but you are here for two purposes. One, talk about the classic cars. and Actually, give me the right name for that group. Florida Old Time Modifieds. Thank you. Florida Old Time Modifieds. I wanted to say foam, and it wouldn't have been right. <laughs> but the, uh, and then Franklin Rear Ends has been around for eons, because I know my dad bought Franklin Rear Ends. I got a swore back in the, in the late 60s and stuff. So how long has the business been in business, so to speak? Well, basically, my father and grandfather started to do the rear end business in, uh, in Ruskin in 1948. Wow. 1948. How awesome is that? Is that kind of like the first thing you learned about cars was rear ends, of course? Not really. I mean, I didn't really care about car rear ends. Uh, my father, would he'd go to the races, and I'd tag along. We'd go to uh, Speedway Park and Plant Field and, and Saramana and places like that. And, you know, and I was a kid trying to dodge the race cars in the pits and just having a great time. <laughs> uh, when did you finally get a chance to actually go racing? Has that just been? 1962. Uh, ah. Second year, I believe it was the second year they were running early models at Golden Gate. I was watching my hero, Berger, McElwain, and some of the rest of them running, and, and all of a sudden these 3,000 cars come out on a racetrack and run at about 30 miles an hour, and I had to have one. <laughs> well, I tell you what, now, the uh, Florida old... Florida old-time modifieds. modifieds uh, kind of like the old Deuce Coupes and things my dad used to race when they called them super modifieds, and they had the old big V8s in them and all kinds of carburetors you could put on them, because it was an unlimited motor at some points in the in the late 70s and stuff, because my dad had like six Deuces on a 427 underneath the hood of the crazy thing. But uh, these cars represent an era that just, not that it doesn't, it wants to die, but it, it just doesn't want to go away. People love watching these old cars run. Basically, the cars were running in the 60s, they would have been considered sportsmen, six-cylinder cars, flathead V8s, uh, with many carburetors you wanted to run at that time. When the, when the Supers or the Modifieds were the same car with a V8 Chevrolet or a Chrysler Hemi or Buick or what have you in it. Wow. I remember the old Franklin oh, yeah. building, the, old, the metal siding building there in Ruskin. Yeah, not only that, he remembers Saramana much yeah, better than I do. I remember Saramana. Biggest but, fight I've ever seen in my life was at Saramana. You know, at the end of the track, they, I think it was the west end of the track, there was a big hole down there they dug for the corners. My father was, you know, took me to the races. I was maybe 8, 9, 10 years old. And he was flagging then, too. But anyway, we were in the pits at that time for whatever this race was. And two cars run off that track, and the fans were climbing over the fence. And it must have been 100 people down there fighting one time. It was <laughs> a Sarah hell Manor, of a show. You used to be able to sit at the top of the grandstands. Mm-hmm. You could either watch the racing or turn around and watch the fights. Yep. Sure, sure you're not talking about Phillips Field? No, I was talking about Sarah Manor. I yeah, no, Phillips, Phillips Field was uh, right in the middle of downtown Tampa. I've been to that one myself. My dad went in the river there. On a Friday night, 
and went to Sunshine Speedway with the car, still had water sloshing around in some of the roll cage or something, he said, and went off in the back of Sunshine Speedway into their ditch back there that had water in it. So. Is, that, is that where that Shell station is, over around 53rd Avenue? Where, where, was, where exactly was Sarah? Sarah, Man? Sarah Man? 57th Avenue. Yeah, oh, 57th. Behind, behind where AutoZone is. Yeah. yeah, it's right in where the brand new Rig Road's been put in there kind of now. Where, uh, I guess, what's on the corner there? There's a restaurant, uh, Red, Red Lobster. Lobster. Red Lobster's on the corner. One, one block, one block north of Plant Field Fairgrounds, a half mile. Yep. All kinds of tracks. Uh, the Saramana one, though, that was the one that they actually had their announcer on an old AM radio system or something. And you could sit in the parking lot of the gas station and turn your radio to the right channel. And he only had like 10 watts or something. But you could listen to it because people in the pits would listen to it to know when to come out of the next race and that kind of stuff. Back when Andy Hardy used to give racing results on Channel 13. Ooh, news. Andy Hardy. They was He was on with Salty Saul right. Flashman. Remember that? <laughs> God, how old can I be, too? He, Thank gave, you he gave the high school football results and mm-hmm. the racing from you all got over that. Well, I'll tell you what. It's, it's come a long ways. It's changed a bunch, hasn't it, Jamie? Sure has. It's got better, too. Now you think so? I think it's got a lot better. If you have money, it's great. If you don't, well, you have an old-time race car like we do. Uh, I tell you what, uh, let me ask you this, though. About the business of Franklin Rear Ends, because okay. you were trying to explain to me the other uh-huh. day, that the Franklin name is now kind of still out there, but it's owned differently. It's owned by a gentleman by the name of Ed Faree. He bought the business from two people that bought it from my dad, and now it's moved to Pennsylvania, and they're still making the Franklin Rear End, still have the Franklin decal. Uh, and they're in business, and they're doing real good, and they sell to people like Rocket Chassis and so on and so forth and build a sprint car we're in, which we never really did. So so you're still doing what I would call the traditional, like, uh, nine-inch rear end kind of thing? We rebuild any kind of a race car rear end that's out there, manufactures just a little bit of new stuff. But, any like, if a guy wants a quick-change part, we buy it from whoever manufactures that part, and put it on the guy's rear end, straighten tubes, put new tubes in, do... Whatever he needs to do so he can get back to the racetrack. Nine inch or a floater rear end or stock rear end or a quick change. Now, Monday morning, can a guy show up at your place with his rear end all twisted up and go, hey, I need this by Saturday? Just as long as it's after 9 o'clock in the morning because that's when we open. <laughs> Maybe. I tell you what, it's, it's pretty cool. Uh, all right, let's go to your neighbor here, Ambassador Racing. Uh, Tell us what's going on. You got USAC coming, and it's really driving people crazy because there's a lot of noise and buzz out there about USAC racers coming to Balm to run on this little 132nd, I think, mile track. But it's an awesome little track, I know. We're excited. USAC is a fantastic organization, and we couldn't be happier to have them on board. This weekend alone. Let me get that smoke out of my face. This weekend alone. We're um, we're going to have 18 different classifications, two days of racing, Friday from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. 18 classes? Oh, yeah. What did I get into? Oh, uh, yeah. Is this, it's like, uh, I this mean, is when I did my World Karting Association uh, mm-hmm. announcing years ago, that used to do that, 18 classes and two of them running at the same time kind of thing. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, it sounds like pretty cool. What brought this on? What brought USAC, so to speak, as a sanctioning body to Ambassador Racing? Well, we had been with Quarter Midgets of America for over 10 years, and we just knew what was going to be best for our Florida kids. And so when we heard about USAC, we started talking, we started negotiating, and everything that we wanted to do to improve our Florida racing program, they approved of. You got on the phone and Gary Cox the heck out of them and made them just listen up, didn't you? I figured, yeah, I have no doubt in my mind that happened. 
Ain't no doubt in my mind. Well, tell us what's happening this weekend so we can get the word out about the, the USAC races this weekend. Well, to show you how serious USAC is about their racing program, uh, they just had a safety seminar conducted up there in Indianapolis. And they had um, Carl Olson of the SFI Foundation, Dave Brown of the Indy Racing League, Trevor Ashline of Safety Solution, Joyce of Han- uh, Hans, Randy LaJoy. Uh, you know, they had... So many people LaJoy there. LaJoy of seating. Yes, LaJoy of seating. But they had so many people that are in the industry, and they're concerned with these kids growing up with the safest pieces of equipment that they can have. What parents can argue with that? All the parents that we've dealt with, that's their number one you know, issue. Well, I want my kids safe. There's I've, risk involved here. And I've actually heard that Randy LaJoy is making go-kart seats. So they, he, yeah. he said that on the air recently, that he'd gotten into making those a couple, I guess, a year back or so. But it, You know, we, he was uh, on... Real Race in USA two years ago, and uh, we talked at length with him about the safety issues. Yep, it's pretty fascinating. He's a good guy. Oh yeah, he, he knows he's a, in for it. For the, he knows the ins the, and outs of that. Not he's, just the bucks, but the safety. He's really into it. Yeah, and, and at he's, times he's very frustrated about it because yeah, exactly you know, on the local level it's kind of crazy. Yeah. He says, the way he but he is involved a lot with kids' level of racing because they even had. I'm sure they still have the program, but they had a point where you got into your children's little teeny tiny race seats, and then when they Turned outgrew it. You trade them in for the bigger trade one, and in. they would actually give you, you a re- these, You got yeah. the exact amount of money you paid for that one to go to the next bigger one. Exactly, the and there's not many companies out there willing to do that for yeah. kids. That's pretty cool. Well, i tell you what, uh, when do we start racing? I, I know there's some practice coming up. There are people parking as we speak, I guess. Absolutely. I left them over there <laughs> squeezing them in. Um, on Saturday... I believe we're going to start up uh, with some practice, one round of practice, because we've got kids coming from all over. Uh, we've got kids right now that were, we were trying to get them over here, but uh, they were busy. Uh, from Indiana, Ohio, they're coming all over the states, and they keep calling. Yeah, it's, you, you notice there's some places still have snow. They love to come south. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But we're going to have racing on Saturday and Sunday, and it's going to get started probably for those Big race fans that want to see it all. We're going to have some uh, qualifying. We're going to have... Who's filming? Who's filming it? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I got a Saturday off. Let me see. Is it fast times? No, apparently not. No, uh, USAC is bringing someone down from the Indy Racing League to do it. Oh, that's right. They have rules. They have rules. (laughs) Is there actually... USAC has rules. Any chance of TV? Is there any chance of TV? Uh, television, no, but it's okay. going to be streamed on the internet. Yeah, streaming on so the internet, so that's definite for sure. It's called now. internet television. Yeah, internet TV, yes. That's right. You can imagine the size of the IRL server. Oh yeah. So I'm sure they can stream <laughs> uh, a little. But the biggest thing is that we're trying to get out on the airwaves. That's why I'm here tonight, so that race fans of all ages know that we never charge an admission charge. We want these families to come out, whether they're big kids themselves or have little kids, grandkids. Get them off the couch. Get out. You need Come a grand marshal for this deal. Well, we do. We have David Steele of Tampa. Yeah, we're well, excited. He'll, no, get, he'll, he'll wave the flag, then get in the cart, catch up with him, and still beat him. Beach that's Rick Blair. That's true. Ah. Dave will want to drive. That's, There's no doubt. We've got a half oh, midget program we can, we can probably throw at him just for fun she during intermission, you know. That throw a that, challenge at him. That was difficult. Uh, what's the regular uh, weekly shows or what's going on out there otherwise besides the big Well, show after this, we have 13 local events for our championship series for the year. And we'll be racing, uh, no racing in July, unfortunately. We're all headed to Indianapolis for the USAC Quarter Midget National Race. Uh, but our our season ends up in December. Cool. Well, I tell you what, it's a it's a blast. You still doing any of those Tuesday night kind of things and so forth? Oh yeah, 
the VIP Big Hits. Absolutely. That's what. Is, what's, it, is that's, it still like twenty five bucks? Come race all uh, you want. No, unfortunately, it's now thirty dollars, and you oh. get and you still go get out ten to twelve laps five times. You're getting your money's worth. But uh, the big kids have been a major... Not the 10 to 12 laps. It's the J.R. Garcia pounding on your rear bumper at times or something. Oh, no. We don't let him get out on the track. No. Oh, come on. That was always no. so much fun. Yeah, no. We, do, we can't let him do that anymore. I bet him one night that he couldn't spin everybody out in seven laps. He got six of them, and then his dad said, forget it. He's tearing moving carts up. Um, anyway. But, yeah, we still do that for the big kids, and the big kids have supported the racing school, and that's why we're getting to do so much for the for the kids' club. Well, we hope everybody comes out and watches the races. We hope they buy a few rear ends to come by and keep you gamefully employed, Jamie. And we enjoy, uh, oh, yeah, no, I'm sure you've seen that. Well, if they come out this weekend, uh, Jamie's going to be there at the race. Jamie's going to be there? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, he's going to come watch Midget Racing. Well, we appreciate you coming over. I know it took a few minutes out of your time. You've got to get back and keep putting people in their place. But we want to thank you for coming over and spending some time with us. We hope it helped get a few people in. And you're you're feeling my ears. It comes right through there. Jamie, I didn't know he was a drummer. You know, call us, call us, let us know what's going on. We have you on uh, Inside Florida Racing anytime Monday night you want to be on. Yep. Thank you. Thank Thanks. you for that invitation. And you're still welcome to bring the occasional kid by or get with us. We'll get them yeah, on wherever. Yeah, and I can take them off the track and get them over here. We would love to have that. All right, I appreciate it. You Thank guys, you. Don't go far. We're coming back with uh, Fast Times Productions. And uh, don't forget to get out this weekend. You can see myself. I'll be doing the calls. And you can see USAC in action. At the booming metropolis of Balm, Florida, takes 674 to the east. What time is the autograph? 672 to the east, you can't miss it. Say, Bill, <coughs> take it away. I have to have my mic on to take it away. Well, that was a hell of an intro. Yeah. 
This is a uh, welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen. Our uh, last lap, the white flag's up. We're about to uh, bring down the checkered flag here in another uh, 15, 20 minutes, but uh, we're still at the uh, Hall of Fame Cafe, uh, East Bay Raceway Park. A uh, nice place to come and visit. We had a lot of folks in here tonight. I want to thank every one of them for coming, including fine folks from Fast Times Productions. This is our first post-Winter National uh, experience here. Yes, it is. It's warm, too. It's warm. Much warmer. Nice. Yeah. That's right. So, good. We're not freezing our asses off. Jack, where did you meet these folks? I don't know when I first met them. Where did you meet them? Uh, somewhere Long around the early, early, early uh, 90s, uh, we've known. I was going to say, it had to be at least 93, 94, I think. And it wasn't even called Fast Trucks yet, I don't think, when you guys showed but up the first time when I saw you. But it, but yeah, it, I was uh, still thinking. And they, they've promoted their own series. They've uh, done videos. They've uh, made millions working in the uh, motorsports industry. Oh, we wish it was millions. <laughs> How, how long you how long you been actually taking pictures of motorsports racing or stock car racing? Um, uh, probably going on the better part of five years. Uh, we've been doing uh, fast time productions. Uh, Bobby Deal gave us our first big break uh, to get going in that, and uh, we were doing a little bit of the mini cups. And since then, uh, we've started our own mini cup series. And how did he pick you out of the crowd? Was it like you had a camera already? You were doing something else? We were or? at Ocala Speedway. Yeah, I could just get closer to it. So we were at Ocala Speedway. Um, filming there on Friday nights. Okay. And Why were you at Ocala filming on Fridays? I mean, they needed a video photographer. <laughs> a videographer. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know how they got started. I mean, I knew that they had only started recently. It well, seemed like to me it wasn't all that long ago. I like, had a little camcorder and was filming the mini cups, and then one thing led to another, and I went out and got the big boy and. Just started filming the mini cups, and then we started doing interviews, and uh, people were buying the tapes, and I go, hey, we got something here. <laughs> there you go. You got, yeah, the light went off. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you guys, you guys introduced me to our next guest, so I don't get it all messed up. Um, that is Bobby Rogers. He's a new driver that joined us this year, uh, driving one of the mini cups, number twelve, Haveline car. Mr. Rogers, is this your Mr. Rogers? I just realized what I just said. Things are good in the neighborhood. Mr. Rogers, yeah. welcome to the neighborhood. You don't have Will your you sweater be my friend? on, Bill. You're a funny guy. You don't have a sweater on. Um, did you just start driving? This is your first experience in racing, or have you had some other? Experience? I started in the early uh, late '60s, early '70s, the Golden Gate and Sunshine stuff. But then when uh, you get married, you you have to take care of your family. So the race car went away, and I always had it in my blood. And uh, I told my wife when I got 60. I was going to start racing again, so I'm 60 and I'm having a ball. Oh, I usually make a promise I, like I stick that. to it. I, I like that. She thought I was kidding. I wonder what she's thinking at home tonight. He's gone again. It ain't even a race night. Most guys are going, well, honey, when I hit 50, I'm done. Yeah, well, you I'll hit stop your, racing, your yeah. second childhood. You, you revert back to childhood. Now I'm just having a ball. Couldn't be happier. And what a great, I mean, what a great class to do it in, though. I mean, the mini cups, you know, it's, it's affordable. Um, they haul ass. <laughs> it's all I can I can do to hang on to the it. Experience, the experience, being that low to the ground has got to be an experience in itself. Doing even forty-five miles. In a full-bodied car, that's Ricky. I mean, you raced them for years. You yeah, know, I raced them every bit of five or six years, and uh, took a championship myself. And uh, I tell you what, uh, 
Bobby Rogers came over uh, this year and uh, started to run with our series, and it's his second year running them, I think. Am I right, Bobby? Yeah, well, last year I was a rookie in the other series, and I finished second in the points. And I'm going to win the points this year, best of my ability. I'm yeah, try. he's uh, he's three for three. And they, uh, they damn sure hit the wall just as hard as a full-body street style, don't they? Oh, yeah, yeah. They, they'll definitely hurt. Yeah. Bobby Rogers, I don't know about last if year, but If he's find three out. for three, then you guys must have moved the little guy up to something else. Yeah, he uh, he went up to uh, another series, and uh, he's, he's doing real well himself. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but, I mean, that's what the, the mini cups are, fast mini cup series. Remind me of his name. It's just totally Daniel Miller. Daniel, Daniel Miller. Miller. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he's he's make, still a rocket ship. He used to, he used to make all of these kind of guys mad. He's running pro challenge. He'd get out of the yeah, car. Yeah, pro challenge. Yeah, he's still running double zero. We watched him a couple of weekends over there at uh, in, uh, Inverness, and uh, he thrashed. I mean, he started in the back and worked his way to he's front. He's a hellacious race car driver. Uh, he's, he's one of the best uh, race car drivers we got here in Florida, I'll tell you Good that. Young Daniel Miller's definitely young awesome. Well, i tell you what, now, man, how much, I mean, to get back into it after that long being gone, there must have been not only there were differences in the chassis, number one, of a, of a mini cup, but... The feeling, the laying down as opposed to sitting upright, looking over the motor, that kind of thing. must have been a whole different sight picture and feeling for you. Yeah, it was. Uh, I, I had a good teacher last year. I have a good friend that's run mini cups, and he, he, he brought me along rather fast. And I, I had a stroke in six years ago, and the doctor said after my stroke, I couldn't even hardly work. But I have came back from that, too, so I made the doctor wrong. <laughs> there you go. That's a good thing. It's always nice to make the doctor. Taking that championship trophy, right? I'm going to work for it. I mean, I got a long way to go. I got a good start. Put it that way. Yeah, there you go. The uh, the uh, day in, day out, and not only that, like you said, this is fairly affordable, so it's not like you're you're giving up your retirement for this one. But uh, I mean, what do you do outside of the racing and stuff? Good question. I'm I'm real lucky. I've been a professional in high school and collegiate soccer referee for 30 years, and my soccer money pays for everything for the race car. So one hobby pays for the other. How fortunate is that? We are paying soccer guys way too much. And, and you never hear mama. You never hear mama gripe because not a penny comes out of the budget because I earn that soccer money with my little legs. We doing something wrong, Bill. We doing something wrong. Well, number one, I could yeah. not follow some. The kid. only thing is, I have to train all year long. Yeah. That yeah. makes well. It there's a difference between why well, you're a soccer guy and I'm not. Okay. It's just uh, getting up and down the. Uh, Okay. Up and down them stairs. Getting up, you know, getting up and down the thing. I go one time that way, one time this way. I'm winded. The kids are running <laughs> off without me. That's a that's cool though. That's it's really cool. Very that very fortunate. That you're using something like that to do this. Um, have you done national soccer games? I mean, do you get? Up I, I I used to do the pro league too. But in America, when you get over 45, they take you out of the professional league. They think you can't do it anymore. But to this day, every year when I take my uh, college physical, the young referees, I outrun three quarters of them still. So. Cool. Yeah, He's out running 99% of them on track, too, still. Uh, thank <laughs> you. So, well, what, did, what, did everybody, what was everybody's reaction? You guys got to tell me this. Whenever he won his first race and came out of the car to be, you know, hey, how do you, how do, you do this? Uh, what did everybody in the stands kind of think? Hey, this is not one of those young kids beating up on everybody. Well, that's what the Fast Mini Cup Series does promote from 8 to 100 years old. And, uh, I mean, uh, Bobby's the pinnacle of, you know, you don't have to be a young person to get in one of these mini cup cars and 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 take it to the front that's uh, when i when i was announcing at desoto i mean you never knew who or what was going to get out of the car i tell you what we got some good uh, young drivers coming up now that started this year i mean we got uh 
uh, Reese Chase, uh, Tanner Iso, uh, uh, what's Sam's last name? Scott. Uh, Sam Scott. Uh, I mean, we got some good, uh, and we also got some uh, hidden talent coming out. Uh, does Schofield uh, happen to ring a bell to anybody over here? Oh, yeah. Maybe. Oh, yeah, yeah uh, we got Tyler Schofield. Uh, he's fixing to get in a car. Uh, does he have bald hair? Huh? Is he, is he bald head? <laughs> well, I don't know. He's nine he's years old. Uh, he's not referring old. to you. We're talking about mm, Jeff. I know. Jeff. Mm-hmm. Um, no, Jeff's uh, not as bald. Um, not as bald as Bobby, anyway. But right. uh, I tell you what, uh, Danny, uh, Grandpa Schofield, Danny's coming back. Uh, Dale and uh, Rick, Rick Reagan. Uh, we got a whole group of guys coming well, what's out. What's the age soon. start for mini cups? Eight years old is uh, when, we, when you can start them off. So eight to like twelve run against each other, and then there's another class. And so yeah, forth. we usually run eight to fourteen year olds in one class, and then fifteen year old and up in, in, in the pro division. So well, what's the uh, you got a new track? Oh, yeah. Go ahead, Let's Susan. talk about that new track. Bronson Speedway. Bronson Motor Speedway in Bronson, Florida. The place, they still have one traffic light. I've asked them yeah. to put a sign up that says Bronson Speedway. <laughs> the middle the car, of nowhere. You know, they, I mean, uh, DeSoto was like Daytona, you know, it, that big and huge. Now, Bronson is going to be kind of like Bristol for these guys. Soup Bowl. Yeah, it's gonna. Yeah, that's gonna be a good. It place is to run the bull run. run yeah. Yeah, it's it's banked a and, it, and it'll hurt you. you get, yeah, it's definitely a driver's track. You yeah. know, I mean, you're gonna have to uh, do a little bit of homework on your car setup. You know, these mini cup cars, just like a late model, it, they're hard to set up. You know, you got to do your homework. You got to chase chase the track every time. The first time one of your drivers complains at Bronson about hitting the wall, just. Have them go talk to Arthur Conquest about <laughs> about not how, hitting the wall about how <laughs> not lucky. to hit the wall. Uh, yeah, right. When there well, was there no was no wall, there was no wall. <laughs> he went about three stories in the air, up in the air, off the back stretch. Came down, broke his neck, but he's still right there racing. Yeah, you know, it's crazy. Well, I remember Rick uh, on his um, head going down the front straightaway at Bronson. At Bronson in the mini cup car. Yeah, yeah. yeah those things, man. It, when they they're so stout and stiff without a lot of give and stuff, when they hit something, it it got to get your attention. You know that track is actually set up to be one of the most exciting tracks for for racing in this state. It really is, Bronson. Oh yeah, it's if you banked, did the video small. from way up top and they, their mini cup cars, it'll look like it's like Daytona. Right. They say it's a third mile, but you know it, it's uh, that's on the outside of the wall. Yeah, yeah. exactly. All right, if you run on the outside the of the wall, wall you're yeah, we're getting the a third mile. It's a quarter, third mile. Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. There's a lot of tracks that were built in that same generic style all over the state during the 50s and 60s, man. They built them all quarter miles. wasn't a lot of asphalt or dirt to put down. They didn't bank any of them like Bronson. Yeah. You only needed 22 God. acres, I believe, to make a quarter-mile track and have a pit area, grandstand and parking and so forth to make it work. But so. you know what's great is that it's back. Yep. Yep. You know, it was this close to being shut yeah. down right. Gone forever. Right. T- Tony Parker told me uh, they had on opening night this year when they, they opened, they had 700 people. And uh, that's, that's, a, a that's a good crowd. That's a good crowd. That's a good crowd. number for that place. It's I went to Bronson several up. times be good as a starting racers. point. You know, Back when uh, Dean owned the track. Yep. And uh, they were lucky to have 50 people. They, they usually had more people in the grandstands than they had cards in the pits. Yeah. And... Uh, but it was still great racing. It was still great racing, but it was just amazing how where that track is situated close to Gainesville and, and that area that they didn't draw more and, and the type of racing that they had there. You know, it's, it was just unreal, but it's it's lasted. That's the main thing. Every owner there Bronson has always has come in there thinking, oh, all i got to do is get that college crowd out here. 
and I can pack it. Right, place it's always not so it. easy to do. Ain't easy to not do. on a Saturday night. Nope, not when you got you know the Gators and so forth, and they're all doing real good. All them teams from the from the college and stuff. Jack what's going to do it once? What's yeah. what's coming st- up with? I would still do it. I yeah. still I would still do it. What's coming up with uh, Fast Times Productions and the mini cups? Where's where we're we going? Um, this well, year? Uh, Fast Time Productions right now we've kind of put on the back burner uh, due to the mini cup series. Uh, Fast mini cup series is right now the premier mini cup series still in Florida. Um, you know we've been voted way up there amongst all our racers fans and. Uh, uh, you know, quite a few other entities, you know. I mean, we got uh, Coulter Motorsports I think on you board. third in our voting, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, third? that was that yeah, was pretty that good. Was, you know, a little small-time series. Right. But, you know, very good. You didn't cheat. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, How many votes did you actually make? <laughs> only about three. Yeah. I sent her an email. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, you know, we got some good major sponsors. Uh, no, but still, there was, I mean, it was, it, it yeah. was, you could, I could, I could see who voted. We were actually second at one time. Uh-huh. Yeah, but Tempest Cycles is still on board this year. Um, we got Arctic Custom Wheels. Uh, that's uh, throwing quite a few dollars in. And, uh, I mean, it, it's really going good. You know, guys need to come out. Uh, we're racing uh, Bronson, Armandale, DeSoto, Charlotte County. So, you know, we've got some of the major tracks uh, booked up. We're ready but one to go. of the things that's helped keep the draw and keep drivers coming to your series is how hard Susan works at getting the contingency sponsors and the other sponsors on board. I mean, I, I've seen a lot of people, and I mean, this lady is out there daily. I know she's got to be on the phone 24 hours a day just about. But these guys at the end of the year and the races end up with some good stuff at the end of the year. I try. <laughs> no, uh, we have a lot of major sponsors, um, ISC Racers Tape, car, uh, K&N Filters, Hoosier, RGS, RJS Racing, Safety Clean, Parmatex, Digitron, Digitron <laughs> USA, um, Race Car Engineering. Yeah, there's a whole host. Ram Transport. I mean, uh, it, it, he, they, they've gone off into a different direction. But, you know, is that Richard Cohen still does help us out quite a bit. Is that how you get it done, though? You get a lot of little pieces of the pie, so to speak, and, they, and all together they make it the big picture and the big thing that it is. Our banquet was 10005 this past year. And... That, that I think that's pretty good. Our first year, mm-hmm. you know, the total purse money and, and all the gifts and everything, at the first year we did this was about $8,500. And this year I think we're closer to almost $10,800, you know, with the trophies and the prizes and the give out. So Susan does really work hard, and it's really hard for people to really realize, you know, from back behind, like where you guys are. It's hard to do what you guys do. Well, nobody sees what Susan really goes through to to keep this club running. Oh, we understand that. You know, as a matter of fact, I I say all the time, you know, what you do, there's some series, racing series in the state, tracks too, um, that could use your expertise. Yeah. And that's a fact. I mean, it's hard, and but that's you guys are doing what you really need to do as a series, which is reward, you know, get those sponsors that rewards the drivers because you can't pay it out in person. Well, we're you trying can't. to give back to the drivers. Right. I mean, this guy's like Bobby Rogers, you know. I mean, he's put his time and he's worked hard all his life, and he just wants to enjoy and have some fun. So if we can give back them just a, a little bit of what they're spending, you know, with, with some products, you know, and a little bit of payout. Yeah, granted, we don't pay out $10,000 a night to win. Because you asked the question. We didn't go tracking them down. I know. Okay? 
they came to originally. They came to us. That's what I was just getting ready to yeah. say. They've always, See, like the November Grill days, you've always supported us, and we really appreciate well, that. Well, let's, okay, real quick, if, if I may alliterate on that note, um, the Fast Mini Cup Series really appreciates everything that uh, Real Racing, Karnak, and uh, Jack, Rick, uh, Bill, everything you guys do to help promote all the racing in Florida and all the southeast part of the United States, and, and this can be picked up throughout the United States, and we really appreciate what you do to the for the Fast Mini Cup Series and, and all our drivers, having guys like uh, Bobby Rogers on here, um, but we really would like to present uh, you guys with this award. Um, wow. You guys don't get enough recognition over here, and, and we hope you accept that on behalf of the Fast Mini Cup Series. Uh-oh, wow. Jack's speechless. This is bad. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Fast Mini Cup Series does Thank vote, you. Uh, you know, Real Racing USA as being the number one. Well, remember, uh, they're being a media media, our media source. <laughs> we appreciate that. We really yeah, we do. do. And we appreciate you know, everybody you know, appreciating what we try to do, and sometimes we feel like we're pounding our heads against the wall. Well, and what I was going to say is, is, is it, it like these guys drove down. You live up in the Zephyr Hills area, but, you know. It's, it's yeah. So you, when we were down in Bradenton, you guys came all the way down there. and uh, Right. You know, you put that effort out. To, that, that's, you know, what you have to do to promote the series, and, and you guys have always done and those kinds of And as a driver, I can see the difference. In, I ran the other series last year. I had fun, but there's no comparison as this year. I love well, it. I love the fast mini cup, and, and we're sure the other folks have their heart in the right place too. But you know, it's it's about you got to get out and promote and go the extra mile and do what you have to do. To oh make yeah. It work. Speaking of promotions, uh, we got a special guest coming in the next couple of weeks, and we're not going to disclose it, but it's for the fans, and, and you know, it's for the fans and the kids, and uh, I think they're really going to enjoy this, and we'll probably Ronald McDonald. Um, we're close. We're we're up. We're we're close. Uh, but we we do have a special guest coming in uh, two weeks at uh, Auburndale, and uh, we're going to be part of the family and going to be part of our family. And uh, I think the fans and the kids are really going to enjoy this. Miley Cyrus wants to drive a Rick, car. Susan, Bobby, thanks a lot for being on Real Racing Thank you, USA. Thank you. We are at the top of the hour. And thanks for having wow, us. Wow, what a show. Thanks for wrapping it up. No, we, we, thanks, guys. If, if we put I did, another four-hour show together. If I didn't miss it, we did 15. 15, 15, hey, Bill. 15 guests. Once again, we amaze ourselves, I think. Yeah, we can do it. We can do it. Especially when we rearrange and fix everything 10 minutes before we go on the air. Well, Bill and Jack, I'm Rick Andrews. This has been Real Racing USA. We'll be back again here at East Bay Raceway Park next month. Bye, Carol Wicks. Good night, everybody. Good night now. We'll see you at the races. <laughs>